So technically this game has brontosaurus platforming, a video game first, <laughs> I reckon. the Imperial Skulls of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Folman. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshit about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Today we are guzzling Sharkleberry Finn Kool-Aid with two cups of sugar mixed in, not just one like peasants do, and slapping around some alien scum and Sega of America's 1990 release of Capcom Strider for the Sega Genesis. Emulation disclosure, I played on PC via RetroArch using the Genesis Plus GX Core, and I played with my sexy OG Sega six-button arcade stick piped in via USB. Jay, Ooh. how did you play? Wow, you played it quite different than me. I actually played it via the PC as well, but through Kega Fusion with the six-button Sega Genesis controller. Not RetroArch. Not RetroArch. Why? I it I don't I wasn't sure like the way cores were set up at the time. I was under the assumption that I had to use Kega Fusion or that that was the one for Genesis and that you know, RetroArch pulls in NES Topia for Nintendo and kind of all these other things. So I just kind of have always just used Kega for Sega Genesis games. Uh-huh. It's just easy. Like you can, it's so simple and easy. I just kind of just naturally do it. It is. I do like that program. Yeah. But obviously having it all consolidated and shit is, is nice. And, and yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, the, there's a slight Genesis in particular, with the six button. I had a slight, like, you know, the controls it's, Every time, every system requires a little bit of fucking around with the control. It's like RetroArch is a pain in the ass, actually. For the most part, a few things are very plug and play, but most things, when I start doing it for the first time, like Nintendo 64 is a nightmare, man. I cannot, every game requires like a whole bunch mm. of extra hoops and shit, you know? So, like, it's fantastic how consolidated it is, but ever because it's just like anything else where you have that much fucking breadth to... It's like, you know, just like a Nintendo, an NES game. Yeah. When they try to do eight things in a game, it sucks because <laughs> they're, yeah. they're spread too thin, you know? And RetroArch is the same thing. Like, it's trying to do so much that it requires extra shit to make it work yeah. right for each individual thing. That's, and that's a... It's yeah. frustrating. It's very frustrating. I get pissed off at RetroArch uh, yeah, since that's... I made that change. I feel like that's fascinating. I should probably relook at that because I feel since I use RetroArch for like Atari games and, and other random systems we may come across because I know I can just pull in the core. I wonder if I can now use that for Genesis. Like I'm oh, sure de- I can. Oh, it's you just def- like, it's definitely just you know. But yeah, Genesis think, Plus GX is the is is works great. Yeah, um, I think I didn't like the you know coming from when I was using the MacBook and everything was so smooth and easy. Coming over here and using RetroArch at first was a struggle as especially because there was no front end that was like nice and easy to use. And I had to find, you know, LaunchBox, which I use now, which is a great front end. Um, but whenever the problem with that is whenever I bring in Genesis games, the way that it starts them. And if I just add it through LaunchBox, which is great, like LaunchBox is such a fantastic front end, but there's some reason it, it's a setting within Kega Fusion that whenever I start a Genesis game, it makes it super full screen. I can't access any of like 
the the computer menus. And I'm like, what is go-? like it just is yeah. off. So I just I stopped pulling. I stopped using Genesis within that because I can't figure out how to like just minimize the screen so I can like change that setting and stop it from doing that. I'm sure if I like really search hard enough, I could find it, but I have not been able to yet. I that fucking handheld I bought has has LaunchBox as a front end, and it oh and, yeah, and it looks cool. But it's severely limiting on what you can do. And going back to the XMD, like PlayStation, whatever the fuck, it's it's hilarious to me actually that PlayStation that it it's RetroArch. Like it's fucking PlayStation's OS is RetroArch. It's fucking crazy (laughs) to me uh, uh, that that is the case. You know, coming into doing this and and seeing these menus. I mean, I I guess maybe it's uh, who knows. I'm not even going to try to speculate on that. It doesn't matter. But, yeah. yeah, when I first got that handheld, a lot of frustrating shit because of LaunchBox. Once I reverted it back and stopped having that load up and just used the XMD menu and have full control over everything, mm-hmm. so much better, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly, highly recommend. Just honestly go back and I think whatever episode, I last episode maybe, whatever it yeah. was, and I have that tutorial. Find that link in the show notes, dude. Take that out. And watch that video. Sure. It. Like it, it, it's so straightforward and simple. If you just know how to do the simplest, those simple things, it's so much fucking more uh, approachable of a, of a program. Anyhow, yeah. we're not doing a fucking diatribe on uh, emulation tutorials here. <laughs> so let's move on and get on with our lives. Please rate and review the podcast. Uh, be part of the iSwitch movement. Give us validation on your podcast platform of choice in the form of a rating and review. And we will read it here on the pod and feel good about ourselves. Two birds with one stone. So let's, let's do both those things. What are we jamming on now, Jay? What are you jamming on now? I'm guessing Maelstrom fucking ESO here. <laughs> yeah, man. This is so veteran Maelstrom. Yeah. I can't believe you're worse wow. with this than I am with Subnautica. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, I've been playing this game for several years now. You know, I have so much time invested. I'm like champion level 1700, like all this legendary gear. It's It's good to have a game where... Like my progress has carried on for so long, and I can kind of walk around. Yeah, and just, Clash like, of Clans. I know. Things. I know how it feels. Fantastic. Clash of Clans. I know how it feels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, this. I mean, we talk about this game regularly. It's a game I've I've definitely had on and off. I've I've definitely taken long breaks from it because of the style of game it is. You can come back to it, but it's funny recently because I have recently obtained two different titles that I have long coveted, and in this game. Think of these titles as kind of like your Game of Thrones, like Mother of Dragons, like Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, the Unchained, like all those random like titles that come after your name. Um, but these are exciting because it's when you're walking around town, you meet people, you're playing with people because it's an MMO. Uh, you see people and you see their titles. And so I obtained Flawless Conqueror, which is what you see the scoreboard behind me, which is completing the veteran nine round Maelstrom Arena with all vitality, no deaths. And it's my highest score. I use no buffs, everything like that. So super excited to walk around with the title, The Flawless Conqueror. So from now on, you can refer to me as Gentleman JB, The Flawless Conqueror. That's good. Demio, I mean, you know, you play Demio, you know this, uh, has each level has its own, yes, title like that. So when you get a new one, it shows, you know, it shows yeah. up, on the, up on the bar above your thing. So every time I get a new level, like, I think I'm Lord now, or is what it's like, it's, it's little, yeah. I think it's level 74, I'm one off the, the, the new high point with the new uh, update. And yeah, it's like Lord or some shit like that. So like every time I look over, like, 
that's what you have to call me that now. <laughs> that's all, you refer to me as Lord. <laughs> yes, yeah. it, it's fun, you know, because yeah, there's so many sure. there's so many titles that you get throughout playing the game through this like this the campaign, doing delves that are kind of like whatever titles anybody can, can get that. But like some of these like this are things that are freaking hard to get. So excited to get that one. And twelve hours the night before that, I actually also obtained one of the hardest hard mode trials, veteran trial like. Um, titles in the game uh, Voice of Reason and so this is completing Veteran Asylum Sanctorum plus two so it's beating the final boss of this veteran trial 12 person trial with the mini bosses at the same time both secondary bosses at the same time each doing their own separate mechanics all at once and so I had never beaten that, like, with those. I've beaten the veteran by itself with, like, each mini boss separate, like, doing them separate and with one mini boss, but never two. And I was pretty excited to get that, you know, great title. But all of this is because of, uh, there's been many changes throughout the game, throughout all the years. And there's this crazy build right now where you're basically heavy attacking. And if you're a sorcerer, you can get this build where you can just heavy attack do insane damage like 100k 100,000 damage per second while having like tank level health and that's essentially the build that i found and like a bunch of guild members found so our trial team has like a, a, a team of full sorcerers all with this heavy attack build just like nuking shit like going through the trials like the older trials that we haven't played in a while and like no deathing them and getting like highest score like leaderboard scores ever and we feel like this is something that's definitely going to get nerfed because it feels like this just feels too OP. Like we're basically tanks running around with like trial level damage. You know, it's not as high damage as like my meta build using daggers and, and everything, which makes sense. But the fact that this is like in level, in game level raid damage, like you can destroy anything in the game with almost tank level health and resistances and heals. It's it just, it's the definition of OP, but it's, Hell of a lot of fun right now. So much fun. Okay. 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 So pretty much been spending a lot of time there, just kind of clearing out more achievements and picking up secondary titles for the fun of it. Um, the only other game that I even messed around with, which was yesterday, actually, um, Monster Hunter Rise came to Game Pass. So, you know, other people I know, like Jesse, have played this game so many hours, like immediately, like 50 hours upon release type of thing. And... I downloaded my character yesterday, and you have a couple helpers. You get to create them. It's like a dog and this little cat person that rides a dog. Like, I forget what they're called. It's freaking crazy. But that's pretty much all I've done. But I'm ready and excited to play that. And that is it. I think I, pl- I, think I played one of those on PS3 a very long time ago. It was mildly entertained, but it was... Uh... Yeah. That remind me of... I've been told that it's... Very similar to Dauntless, which I play, you know, a lot. That's fun, cross-platform. Um, but apparently this is like that, uh, but a more polished version in some ways. So we'll see. We'll report back with more details next episode. <laughs> Word. Okay. What about that's you? It. What have you been jamming? Yeah, that's it, man. I think I mentioned last time that I was kind of in the on the hunt for a new story game uh, <laughs> to dive into. So uh, I, like... Probably from editing the podcast and listening to myself say it back to myself. <laughs> I think I took that as motivation to 
look further and try to find something. So the first thing I ended up uh, basically just going through my wish list on Oculus and kind of just looking at some of the the story um, games that I had been considering for a while, but for whatever reason, price, whatever it might be, uh, hadn't hadn't bid on. And there was one called A Fisherman's Tale VR, which was developed by Interspace and published by Vertigo Games. And it was 30% off in the store, so 10 bucks instead of fucking 14 or whatever it would have been. And, it, yeah, it had been on my wish list for a long time, so I was like, fuck it, dive in. It won More fishing? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's not – well, I mean, it is. I guess it is kind of fishing. You don't actually fish at all in it, though. Oh, okay. It's – yeah, it won VR Game of the Year in 2019. So, you know, if you respect oh. awards, I don't, but some, I know some do. <laughs> so, yeah, respect, I won that award. Yeah, yeah, I won that award. But, yeah, it's a, it's a absolutely beautiful game. Great story. Has an amazing gameplay mechanic that I, I really enjoyed, and I, I totally get why it, you know, especially four years ago now, it was probably mind-blowing to people as far as, you know, a lot of VR games have done so much weird stuff now uh, as far as, like, the, the play loop and all that that, you know, maybe right. this wouldn't wouldn't land as revolutionary now. But in any event, you play as the tender to a lighthouse, and all the voice acting has, like, a French accent, and you have to assume this is set on the coast of France, I believe. And the whole thing, the whole game, takes place in the lighthouse and an adjoining shanty that the lighthouse keeper lives in. So this one building, basically. So you're all you're inside, theoretically, the whole time. And your character is in the model building, so there is a perfect replica of the shanty lighthouse that you live in on a table in the middle of the shanty, right? So the game starts, you wake up, and you find yourself in this kind of fantastical maybe dream situation where you see an exact real-time replicant of yourself in the model as well as in the model's model and in that model's model so on and so forth so forth so when you look up like so you see that looking on the table and when you look up the roof's gone and you realize that you are someone else's replicant you know so it's in this you know, space. I don't know what. I don't know. There's. I'm sure there's a name for something like that. But you're in. That's that's the that's the world that you're in, and everything you do in your shanty, like the space that you're in, happens in the model shanties above and below you. So the whole game is puzzle solving situations using that that dynamic in one way or another. And it's it's fucking it's really really brilliant and really fucking interesting and. You know, amazing brain teasers because you're trying to, you know, sometimes they work in, you know, just the size of what you're doing. I don't know. It's so hard to explain. Like, you know, like some sometimes it's a thing because, you know, you can reach into that model and pull something out and it's the size that it was in the model. So sometimes you have to reach in and grab this little thing that's smaller in that replicant's world to manipulate something with something that size in your mind and vice versa. Sometimes you want the thing above you that's bigger to do something that because it's bigger and maybe you stick it in, it sticks it in into, into your shanty. It changes something, you know, it's just, it's really uh, outside the box thinking required to get through a lot of these puzzles. And, you know, and it's not, I, I wouldn't call it really hard. It's I definitely you know the, easily the neg- most negative thing about it is it's rather short, so it's good that I caught it on sale for ten bucks. It's maybe two to three hours tops, unless you're a total dunce with the puzzles, I guess. But you know, um, 
in all the reviews, that's the same thing. Everyone's like, amazing game. Wish it was longer. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, it's... Uh, don't go into it thinking it's going to fucking take you weeks or anything. It's definitely just like, I beat it in one night, you know. So, uh, really fucking fun. Really beautiful. Really good story. A lot of cut, cut scenes and shit. That it's a really... The whole thing's like this thing with your dad who was like this really tough fisherman on you, or really tough fisherman that was hard on you and yada, 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 and was disappointed in you because you didn't go into, weren't, didn't, weren't able to maintain the family tradition as a fisherman. God. And you've, and you've, you've taken this in his perceived eye, uh, view, a step back lineage wise by becoming a lighthouse keeper instead of a fisherman. So there's like, a, there's a, re- there's a really good story going on with it. And, and yeah, it's, I mean, some of the stuff. Some of the mechanics and shit are really, really cool. And it's just, you know, it's another example of just my next game, too. Just VR. The shit, it's just it's fucking unbelievable what you can do and how, I don't know, man. Just boundary breaking of what a game can be, should be, is what is possible in gaming. Um, it's I, just so incredible. In I VR. mean, it's, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, that's a lot of cost for one night. Seems like you get a lot more value out of like Game Pass, but who am I? Um, no, that's one game. <laughs> ten, ten bucks. <laughs> the next game was only I think was yeah it was twenty five bucks, and yeah. this one is so the last Clockwinder. It's the image behind me. This was the twenty twenty two game of the year. So three years later, Ooh. what just, in the VR just, category? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. yeah. Twenty twenty two VR game of the year. Oh wow! So yeah, I had such a good experience with Fisherman's Tale, and I was just itching for that kind of game again. And I went ahead. This was like I said, twenty five, so pretty close to, you know, the most these things cost on here. Uh, so I bid on anyways. And this game, dude, I, <laughs> same. I mean that you know the like I said, that, I was blown away by that multiverse thing in the Fisherman's Tale. This game. Okay, so you, the story is is also very fantastical in that you there the setting is there's this tree and it's out in the middle of the ocean, and I don't I, I guess it's probably the future. It's not really described or explained, and it's irrelevant. There's this tree, massive tree, out in the middle of the ocean, and it's like the tree of life kind of idea. It it keeps. The fucking whole thing, the whole machine, universe, world, whatever going, you know. So there's this, there's this person who is like, you know, a finite, non-fantastical being that somehow ends up being the caretaker of this thing. And it's like, you know, the person spends a large part of their adult life in this job, alone on this tree, doing this, all the things that need to happen to keep this thing running, you know. And... You take the role of this one. I think it's after. If I'm, it's been like a week since I played, and I'm maybe spacing a little bit on this. But I think you're the one after it. But the I think it's the last Clockwinder tried to basically because as a human being you're gonna fuck shit up on this like never ending responsibility. So the last the one prior to you had this idea to automate it. To make it so a human being couldn't fuck it up, basically. And thereby making it more efficient. And a person doesn't doesn't have to spend their whole life there. And it never gets fucked up. And the world doesn't fucking come crashing down because of someone's dumb human error, you know. So, I think you are 
you were like her young apprentice is the is the role you play and you have to go back to this tree after because you had left like you were like her apprentice the two of you kind of had a falling out and you left and I don't think it really explains what happened to the last one, but they're gone. Shit's fucked up. You have to go back to the tree and you're trying to fix everything that's been fucked up because she died or disappeared or whatever it was. So you go in. And so this last person, you know, there's all these things. A lot of it's, it's very predicated on uh, growing. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of like, you have to grow this vegetation or fruits or whatever. And those, things, those plants, these rare plants uh, fuel the machine in different ways, you know, and instead of a human being doing all the little individual tasks to grow, cultivate, harvest, and fuel the machine with the stuff, this last caretaker invented this automaton thing. This is the thing next to me right now. So these things mimic your behavior. So you get this power where you you hit a button and it starts a loop and it starts with just a one second loop. I've opened it up to two and four second loops as well. But basically you hit a button and then whatever you do with your hands in that time loop, these autom- or move wherever you move, these automatons will mimic that exact behavior in that exact spot and grab whatever you grab, turn whatever you turn, hit whatever switch you hit, whatever you do in that time loop this automaton replicates it. And you can make as many of these automatons as you want in a room or in a space or whatever. So what you are doing in this game is you're designing systems to accomplish tasks with these automatons in loops. So, you know, it's amazing how it all times out with one, two, and four second things. How I mean, I guess it's all on, on the beat of, you know, it's like music, three's music works, I'm sure, in our minds. But whatever. But like... There's incentives to, minim- to 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 do to accomplish these tasks with as few automatons as possible. So you're trying to like do it in the smartest way you can. So just that loop mechanic alone is like just unbelievably entertaining and engrossing and interesting. Just try, but even beyond that, even even the uh, maximizing efficiency, even if that doesn't appeal to you, just. The act of accomplishing these tasks with these robots is wild and crazy. Like the the one I posted a few videos. The one when I first started learning that you could, because it's like it's like a, it's like playing. It's kind of like a basketball shot, dude. It's like some of the things like you're, to to make it really efficient. You're trying to you're trying to you know there'll be obstacles in a room you need to get around. So like maybe you're tossing one over this guy over here around this bookcase. He's got to throw it back over here to this one on this side of the bookcase, and then it's got to go into this hole over here. Now you can either do three automatons to pluck it off the plant, throw it to the next guy on the one side, then he has to throw it to the other one, and then that guy can can just drop it into the into the hole, the harvesting hole, or you can fucking have that guy pluck it off and shoot that shit like Steph Curry over two bookcases onto the other side of the room <laughs> in, into a hole. And then once you, you know, and like that's of course hard as shit. Right. But if you get it, and then you have a one second loop of that dude doing that every second that you figured out. Oh my god, dude! It is like unbelievably satisfying, unbelievably satisfying. Okay. And you know, and the, it gets way okay. more complicated. There's like some of the vegetables. You like, there's one that you can't touch. If you touch it, it disperses. It's like a, a water-based thing. Mm-hmm. So you have to do everything 
with these little, you have to use these little fucking slingshot things. And then there's one uh, that like floats, but is also very unstable. So you have to like, you have to use a knife to cut it off the thing. And then kind of like just, it's trying to float away and you kind of just using your hands to like, you can't grab it. You have to just kind of like guide it very delicately to wherever and like usually you have to guide it somewhere down because it goes up naturally so like there's just a lot of shit like that that is just again trying to you know you're trying to get these things through these spaces and accomplish these crazy fucking things and then so like that's just harvesting them is one thing and then there's another room for each fruit or each machine whatever where you have to usually work in previous vegetables too and design these molecule things so there's like these machines that have like the connector things between molecules and then there's a board that shows you the exact molecule structure necessary to make this machine go and then you have to use these automatons to like within the constraints of each one of these vegetables or fruits limitations or you can't grab them or they one explodes whatever they are you have to design a system that gets them all into the molecule structure you need this room that this room needs and then get that molecule into this machine over and over and over again to create the seeds that you need to do a thing you know so like dude it is you know i i I'm, again i'm sure this is not a me- i mean it's the game of the year so a lot of people clearly enough people like it but you know i'm sure it's not a thing that would really pluck the strings of every person but if you have a mind for like you know, s- designing a system that, like, it makes me think maybe I missed my calling as, like, a fucking, as, like, a factory fucking system designer or something, you know? Like, I want to start sending out resumes, dude. Like, <laughs> like walk, because, you know, it's so amazing because you, like, walk into a space and, like, you know, there's just, it's just a dead room. There's nothing happening here. And there's, like, okay, I see where the things are, where I can harvest plants. I see where the things got to get to. And there's just no guidance. And it's just, like... Figure it out. And, like, there's just, there's a, genuinely, dude, an infinite number of solutions in any room for any problem, probably. But what's the most efficient way? What's the way you actually enjoy doing of the different, like, activities of these, like I said, throwing these things. They can, you know, they do whatever you can do with your hands. So, like, you can, whatever the thing you enjoy doing most, it's going to have your flavor to it, you know? It's just, it's, and again, it is just such a, it's so fucking brilliant, and and the story too is really good. There's there's you know you find all these tapes and shit, and there's like you know there's 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 a piano in the one room, and I know I don't know shit about music and I can't play piano, but I know I can use those automatons to play a piano song, and I'm sure that is probably it's like a fully functional piano, you know. <laughs> so like I know that something cool is probably there, probably an achievement that I know is amazing and to, <laughs> to accomplish. I don't know what it is and I'll probably never get it because I have no musical inclination whatsoever. But yeah, it's just it's just such a brilliant thing with the fucking automatons, man. It's so fucking good. And cool. you know, I'm I'm on like the back probably 20-15% now. I'm <laughs> like these like these yeah. I got I got into these last few things and I saw what the problems that when I was like oh my god these are gonna be so fucking hard and I <laughs> I haven't played it in like a week and a half since um, and it is very much you you get you know you'll sit and fucking be trying to figure something out especially to get to a certain number of automatons accomplishing it that you know gets you the achievement that you want like 
you'll just be like, what? That's fucking impossible. There's no way <laughs> to get that here with these fucking physical constraints. There's just no way that's possible, you know? And, yeah, you'll walk into a room and, like, it, it's like a three-tiered thing, of course. So, you know, like, nine automatons, seven automatons, or five automatons to get X number per minute produced, you know? Uh, and it's just okay. like, you know, it's just like... That. Five? No way you're doing that. It's not possible with five. There's no way, you know. But every one of them has a solution like that. Yeah, and it is, it is just so sad. When you get it, dude, it is so satisfying. It's unbelievably, unbelievably fulfilling video game. Um, really fucking good. And, again, and again, just another testament to, like, it's just so outside the box concept-wise and beyond anything that could ever happen on flat. It's just not possible to happen. Not that way. Like, you, you know, if you had to do these activities on a flat screen with buttons – it would be awful. It would be so boring, you know? Probably not. It probably still would be, because you're still designing the system. It would probably be still kind of fun. But, like, the act of, because, I mean, you, like I said, you're, it's, it's, it can tell, man. It, when you, your shots, it's, like, if you're trying to do the fucking basketball shot thing, man, it's a matter of fucking nanometers, you know? And, like, getting it right, and the trajectory, you can feel the wrong and the right when you, you release it. Nice. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I'm like, fuck, that's not even, like, that's at least my hand. I'm like, that's not that's it. Not even- <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so fucking good, dude. So fucking good. And they do so many good things with complicating it, too. Uh, to keep the okay. difficulty increasing and the variance in the gameplay of just, you know, mechanics that you got to physically do, you know? And, like, you know, the, the tough thing is, like, one of the first reviews I saw for it that was bad was uh, uh, someone, uh, a handicapped person, I think, confined to a wheelchair. And, like, it says that you can play the game sitting down. <laughs> you cannot play this game sitting down. Oh, it's yeah. not possible, dude. Like, I don't have enough space. Like, there's some, like, I've had to, like... At least, again, like, here's the thing. Like, I don't know. There probably is a way to do it without having to move, you know? Um, but it's certainly harder. And you're certainly limited. Because they'll move. If you if you can, I mean, you can't teleport with them. But you can walk with them. So if you can clear out a space big enough, you can just run over to something and fucking put it somewhere. And in the space, that automaton will do that thing. You know, so like... If you can get your guardian set up in a way where you don't, you're not running into a fucking table while you do it, you know. Yeah. So I'm like constantly like, okay, I know exactly what my space is, and you can see your, <laughs> you know, you can. I, I'll like, I'll like put my arm out to get the guardian to come up so I can see it, and kind of think about what I'm trying to do with this particular automaton fucking set, you know, and like make sure my guardian. So I'm like, I'm constantly thinking about it's. That's the interesting thing to do. It. It's like it adds a layer of VR awareness in that like i'm constantly thinking about my my place in the space in the game and my place in the real world space and like having to marry those two things real time as i solve problems and accomplish difficult physical tasks it's 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 a level of like uh i don't know just difficult like you know human functionality i don't know if i like that it's it's one like you know if you can if you can figure it out and do it and that's here's the thing. If if you're not trying to hit those achievements, you probably don't need. You can pro- if you use however many automatons, you can probably you can definitely do this without having to implement this level of difficulty, I suppose. But you know, once you get in there, you're trying to maximize it and trying to figure that out. And like, it's just there's just times you're like, if I could just walk over there, it would fucking that would make this work. And like, so you're like, yeah, I'll like stop. I'm like, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Like, and like get the thing and like turn. You can like turn the fucking whole world with the stick. So you like get the stick. Yeah. Like the space I wanted. You have to like line up the space I want to run in my actual living room with the space, like turn the thing to get it so that I have the long track. Cause like my, my track 
in my living room is shaped kind of like a T with an with where the top is longer mm-hmm. than the stem of it, you know. So like it's more of like a Tetris block. I, I would call it like the 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 T Tetris block with like you you know it to be a T it would need a second block going down that stem, you know, to really feel like a T where it's long. But so basically they're all kind of the same length every thing, you know. So like if I need to really do space, it's got to be in that the top part, you know. So like I got to like yeah. turn the whole world. It's just yeah, it's just really really interesting and just requires so much more I don't know, fucking thought, you know. It's it's really 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 consuming mentally and uh that if you want that kind of game this I, I don't know if i've ever played anything that pushes you so hard in a fun way i mean you know there's hard games where you're like oh, this is just fucking this is just there's not it's not there's i don't even see the end goal here i don't even see the finish line but like you can always see the finish line here it's just how do i how do i get there in a way that works you know and in that way it, it's really it's really well done it's really really well done such a good game it sounds fun, but also sounds like a game that would be more fun living in my last New York apartment because I had huge ceilings, much like the living room area was so big and open. That's where I'm like, that would have been perfect. You want, you definitely want space, and this perfect. is definitely one. And yeah, you know, because you are, you get going into because you can just, you know, you just you're trying to nail that one little one second loops. So you're just fucking going, man, and like you can get, you know, you have to make sure yeah you're in your space safely <laughs> because you can get consumed enough where you fucking you're smack. If you're not paying attention, you'll smack into shit for sure. So it's oh, it's man. definitely a safety first video game, but very 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 good. And they did just an inc- it's so fucking good. It's such a fucking good game. Such a good job. And I just can't even imagine like just how did they come up? You know, these how do they even come up with these ideas? Like how do you even I don't know, man. You just gotta. It's it, you know, it's like any artist. You fucking they have some predisposed fucking aptitude for that thought. Well, channel. this one, this one, I feel like I've read enough. This this one feels like it organically could have come out of having the technical know how to be able to create the VR technology where like something is copying your movements and then being like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And just build a game around it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, yeah, this is actually, you know what? This is a game I absolutely need to look up a uh, developer interviews with. And just, yeah. You know, that would just, be cool. Just, just, yeah. Like, is know, it like, like that? Like, yeah. what, or how did you come up with this? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's fascinating to listen, to listen and talk about come up with this game. Cause it's, yeah, it's so much fucking fun. So I got that cooking, not quite done, but quite a ways into it. And yeah, I'm up to level 74 on Demio. So, uh, putting Amy and I are playing pretty much every night. So, oh we're, yeah, I've been playing the shit out of it. Um, nice. They got so that you know, with each level, they give you a few new things. They have a really cool they, the, the 72 level die is a slimeling die. Uh, it's so you know the purple slimes. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it, it's that color, and it's got like these crude dots on it. Are the one you know, the single hit crit and then the the, the miss you know and it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a really cool looking one for sure so it's the first time I've changed my die in a while so that's pretty nice. pretty fun oh uh, and then yeah Mikey Mighty Coconut had they're dropping Atlantis on the 26th so I'm pretty excited about that that'll be dope I love 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 deep sea shit 
and that will be amazing. And then, in a so I <laughs> I decided, you know, PS5 coming out and like just whatever New Year, trying to fucking throw shit away. I remembered I had all that PS4 shit and the PSVR headset and stuff cluttering up my my game accessory drawer. So I'm like, I'm just I need this is now is the time to sell this because once the, the yeah. like this thing drops substantially in value the second the PSVR 2 comes out. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sell this thing. So yeah, listen on eBay, and then I get a question from someone asking for the software version on the thing. So I'm like, fuck, I got to plug this fucking thing in. So like, I get it out. I plug it in. And I, I'm like, well, and I, I, it turns on. And, you know, I haven't turned this thing on. It's funny. Actually, the da- all the dates are the 23rd of December two years ago. So basically two days before I got the Xbox. <laughs> so it just hasn't been on. You know? <laughs> and so I fired up and like I had the Subnautica menu as like my menu, you know, uh, my retroarch menu, and so you know that fires up. The music starts. The fish are flying around. It's you know, it's got all, it looks like a visual a Subnautica scene, you know. And I'm like, oh fuck, Subnautica. That's right. I have the whole version on here of the the original because I have the I have below zero on the Xbox, but I don't have the original. That was just Game Pass. So I fucking <laughs> yeah, like I fire that up and I get the software thing and I'm like. Well, it's not. It's gotta wait a few days to sell it, anyways. Like I kind of wanted to play this and fuck around, so I, I, so I started a hardcore version of Subnautica on the PS4. So hardcore, you know, maybe that's common knowledge, but like basically permadeath, you know, like you die, game over, nothing, everything's lost, you know. So I start fucking playing. I just went off completely the deep end with this shit, dude. Like I did. A, they had they had done a big update. That was part of the thing too. They had done a big update on it so like all the shit all the quality of life improvements that were built into below zero they backwards compatibility into the original version oh, so okay. yeah nice. a lot of a lot of the new building or base building structures and shit uh i think there's some new fish and and and, and wildlife things that were put in as well from the second one it's, there seems to be it's, it's been so, so long cool. since i played but i feel like there's shit in it Fish wise and stuff that I don't remember, you know, so could be true, could be not. I'm not entirely sure, and I didn't take the time to really read every single update thing. But that's, of course, cool too to have the new base, base building possibilities in the game. So you can play the game in a different way, of course. So that's interesting in a way. And yeah, so I've started three games now. So, like, I started on the PS4, and then I eventually sold it. So I, like, fuck. And, like, there's, you know, I'm, like, Googling ways to take a PS4 saved game into an Xbox. Thing, oh my you know? gosh! <laughs> Not possible. You can't do that. <laughs> so psycho behavior. <laughs> yes, I can't do that. So I'm like, fuck! I just buy it on fucking Xbox. Thirty bucks, sucker. So I fucking I bought it on I. See, I bought whatever. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. Uh, I, I bought the the VR version of P, of Below Zero on my laptop once because I was pl- you know when I first got the Oculus I was able to play VR. I haven't tried that in a while. I should. I keep meaning to do the make the effort to try that again. To see if they fixed whatever got fucked up that wouldn't let me do that. Because that would be fun. But, so I bought, uh, yeah, I bought that there. I bought Below Zero on Xbox also. I obviously have bought the original on PS4. I've now bought the, the original on, like, so I've just spent so much money on Subnautica. It's fucking crazy. Uh, it just doesn't make, <laughs> doesn't make fucking sense. But, yeah, so, so then I started on there. And I was fucking, I got, you know, basically to around the same place that I had gotten to on the PS4. So I would say probably... 10 to 15 hours maybe into the game and I 
you know, you learn, you, I played the game so much that I just think I got it so down, you know. So, like, I go out to do this, like, mundane-ass task. If you played the game, there's this jelly shroom cave that's, like, a, a big barrier to entry for relatively early game. Like it's kind of farther down than your anything than your sea moth than your than your little submersible fucking thing can go. So you kind of got a free dive down there, and it's very disorienting. And there's like everything kind of looks the same, and it's a cave, so you can't just go straight up to the surface. So like I go down there to get some dumb shit that I needed, some little resources to build some next upgrade thing that I wanted, and I go down there and like. I've been, I, this has happened to me before too, so it's even dumber that I let myself do it. It's happened to me before, like originally playing the game. You can, you can get it's so disorienting down there that you can get lost really fucking easy. And I go down there and I get lost and like I'm like oh fuck. I'm like I'm running out of air and I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm like oh my god this is permanent. Like I'm gonna die. Like I'm not, I'm gonna lose the game. Like it's like so the stakes are so high. Like I put in so much time on this. Like I'm just gonna lose the game. Oh my god. And like I'm like freaking out and like fucking going around and like. I couldn't fucking get out. And like, I like, you know, hitting this one thing, I've never even, I don't think I've ever had to use it. Like the air bladder that's like, if you hit it, if you use it rather, it just, it's like, it like it's like a air pocket that jerks you up to the surface. But if you're in a cave, that doesn't work. <laughs> so, so, so like I'm hitting that for the first time in my life. It doesn't fucking, you know, I still, die. and like it dies. And like, I'm literally sitting there playing. And I turn to Amy, I'm like, <laughs> I get fucking dead. I'm fucking dead. <laughs> like, oh my god, unbelievably, unbelievable. So you know, I, I fucking you know, I had, to, I had to like, I just like sat there sad for a few minutes, like just like <laughs> I can't believe I did that. I played this game too much to do something that stupid. Especially you know, I wasn't even like I wasn't doing some boundary pushing part of the game. I yeah. was just doing a mundane task that went fucking sideways, you know. <laughs> and like that's the difference between the whole point of that game is like this. I was talking to actually texting with Jab before I, right before we got on about this. Like playing with permadeath in that game in particular is like because that's the whole thing with that game. Like you're in this alien environment that is highly dangerous at all times, and like the first time you play that game, you feel that a lot, but it goes away once you become familiar with your environment. You know the constraints of the like what the fish can do, what they can't, what you can do, what your equipment is, what's the net. You know, like all that. A lot of that goes away. Permadeath is a whole new thing. It's like it's uh, it's like playing the game anew. Everything is done differently. Every so many shortcuts that you might take without permadeath. Nope, not doing that. <laughs> like like it's just it's a complete. Like, I'm finding things and creating solutions for things that I didn't even view as problems previously. You know, so like it's just it's it's like playing the game really close Brand new. to yeah to new and like obviously you know how much I fucking crushed on this game like to feel like yeah. that playing this game after having played it so much in particular is really satisfying and fun so i i'm fucking off the deep end i'm gonna play it all the way to the end i'm sure and fucking yeah it's it's so fucking good um with that like constant weight on your shoulders you know it's it's really fucking interesting man so got it no wonder yeah. i've been seeing you uh yeah, um, yeah, Todd, Todd kind of online so much. I was like, Todd has been online until like, quite a bit. What's yeah, the story here? Yeah, Todd is fucking off the deep end on Subnautica. No. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. I started. Yeah, I started. So yeah, like I think that happened. The thing happened on like I don't know, like Saturday or something, and I couldn't even pick it back up again until I started on Wednesday. I had to like take four days off, just sad. <laughs> like I went to bed that night sad. Like I like I was just sad, man. It was so sad. <laughs> So fucking sad. Oh, yeah, I'm chugging, chugging my line Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. But I, as a, I, I can see in that kind of game how it could be fun. But yeah. like, oh, yeah. 
crushing. And it, well, it, and it, you know, like, I, dude, there's the, you know, this big thing. You have to go back to the ship that crashed to recon some shit out of it. And it's like a big narrative point in the game, you know? And, like, you know that there's these Reaper things over there. You know that's where they're at, you know? And it's like the entrance point to this thing is put in a place where you're not definitely going to see one. Like, you're, you know, you, like, you know they're over there, but it's, like, right on the fringe. So you might not. Usually, I wouldn't say might not. You usually don't see one. But I was coming out of that motherfucker last night, and I saw one, and I was like, "Fuck!" And like, <laughs> and like, and like just like tear it. Just oh my god! Just like you're not even looking back. Like I'm not even looking back. If it gets me, I'm fucked. Just fuck. I'm just like I'm just going. I'm going. Like, I'm just going until I can't go no more. And like, and like I know I'm in a place that's so shallow, like it can't even get to. You know? And like, oh my god, dude! Just like the level of like. <laughs> it's like it, you can't you can't re- you know it's impossible to replicate without that constraint because like it's, if one kills you normally you're just like fuck i gotta go back here again but like no i'm gonna lose 20 hours of my life if i die to that fuck yeah so just so good Dude. it's just, it's amazing how how much emotional <clears throat> weight it has to play the, like that the feeling that you're describing is the feeling that i get playing grounded when i see a black widow or a wolf spider I'm just like, I'm not even looking back the direction. I'm just bolting because if I got stuff in my backpack, I can't come back to get them. The spider is going to be there and like, it's gone. You know, like I'm just, I'm just gone. Yeah. Uh, that's so good. I mean, we talk about all the time about these old games when, when they're able to generate a little bit of an emotional response oh, is, yeah. is, is, is really fucking cool. And yeah, uh, modern games, no different. So. way of bringing us into our delve of this game, which I feel is appropriate considering this is our second time reviewing the <laughs> game called Strider. Uh, yeah, when, I, when you sent me the music list this morning, I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. But it, it maybe for that reason too, but I was able to find a grounded rationale for it just in my interpretation of the list. I'll say that now. So it's, it's nice that you have some duality to it. But I, I found yes. it appropriate even without that, without even knowing that <laughs> intent. So normally I just read the story setup from the manual here, but the Capcom and or Sega of America teams started this manual off with like a thousand plus word synopsis, two full pages <laughs> of very dense text dedicated to painting the story world for this game. So I love that effort, but I don't think reading it all would make for good podcasting. So I'm going to summate in my own words. A weirdly short period of time from the game's release date, eight years later, in 1998, the world had shockingly become a much better place than it would end up being in our actual 1998, or 25 years later in 2023 for that matter, by way of humanity diverting all the energy used in fighting each other to helping eliminate poverty and hunger. And it is important to note that I think this is the least realistic part of this entire story. (laughs) Just, Just so you know. So think about that. As we go all the fantastical places that we're going to go story-wise from now. That this that's the most that's the least realistic thing. Anyways, at this time some aliens show up in a very small nation in Eastern Europe, Kazafu, and I don't believe this is a real place. I was trying to I'm not, you know, who knows, yeah, kind of, especially with not. USSR, who knows, you know, which is there's a lot of that going here. There's a lot of fucking who knows. But the 
So they show up and they start leveling shit. And inside of a few weeks, they have leveled five continents, eradicated 80% of living things, and their grandmaster, Mayo, had set up a shop or set up shop on a space station he'd secretly built between Earth and our moon called the Third Moon. And a small island called Moralos in the South Seas just so happened to be the secret training location for the Striders, the last defenders of justice on Earth. And the youngest one of these soldiers to ever achieve the rank of A-class Strider, Hyru, is is assigned the task of battling through all the bullshit and curb stomping this mayo so we can get back to enjoying our TikToks and what have you. So that's the story set up. And it was... Do I do, I do that? No, game format. Uh, episode 76 is where I'm learning uh, the order we do things here, Jay. So tell us what kind of tell us what kind of game this is. <laughs> I mean, this is a platformer for sure with some fun, unique movements for added mobility, I would say, but still a platformer in every way, like a la arcade. Let's go. Yeah, very arcadey. Very yeah, it's just yeah, you can it, you can just feel it's it's incredible how much you can feel it, uh, how arc- the arcadedness, arcadiness of it the whole time, you know? Oh, so we were we were writing that prediction for sure when we were talking about this and, what was it, ESWAT was the other arcade game that we were thinking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, I think ESWAT, yeah. When we were deciding between those two, like, this is, you feel it the whole time for sure. Yeah. So we get a specific day on this release date, a rarity for the time. And it was released on September 1st, 1990 for North America. The only thing on this day I cared about, and even that's not really, was the Toronto Argonauts and BC Lions playing a 68-43 to game in favor of the Argonauts, which is the highest combined score in CFL history. 111 oh, wow. points. And that is a lot of tutties, Jay. It's probably the same number of tutties Josh Allen is going to score tomorrow <laughs> against the Cincinnati Bengals. It would not be an ISOH podcast if there was not... Uh, a Josh Allen or <laughs> so. correct, 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 correct. Whoopi Goldberg, Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, Jam Ghost is number one at the box office, and if wishes came true from Sweet Sensation, had its one week run in the top position on the Billboard Top 100 here on this week. That is the release with the artwork. We get an illustrated style look at a white blonde mullet dude wielding a sword and hanging from some steel structure that looks like he can't possibly be named Hyru, in my opinion. But (laughs) come on, there's there's absolutely no way the dude is not Hi Ryu or however you pronounce his name. I'm gonna gonna say it wrong every single time on purpose, but it's definitely not this guy. Right. There is more than one disconnect between game and marketing materials with this. So, yeah, that's not the first time we'll feel that way, I don't think. I'm like, they clearly said, make this dude American. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, this North America. North america yeah. the fuck out of this. So, some cronies behind him are in pursuit, and I guess that's maybe some St. Petersburg-style architecture with the building backdrop. And, uh, you know, after playing the game, I would say for certain there's a lot of USSR shit in here, like I said. So we have the Black Thatch Border, obviously, and the title treatment down below in a futuristic font with one of the cool Strider swords cutting through the D. And this is way jankier than the NES box art, I would say. And the sword the white guy has isn't a Strider sword, so it's all a pretty bad job, you know? Like, I think, again, it's just a very disconnected... It's funny, like, this is Capcom, too. Like, you know, we brought, there's all the jokes about the original Mega Man. Like, they just, you know... Who knows? And actually, here's the thing. This one, you could maybe maybe gets pinned on Sega of America because they published this. So maybe they were the ones that did this bad job and we shouldn't be grouping Capcom's Mega Man uh, travesty with this. But 
Either way, it looks pretty janky. It has a. Dude, a <laughs> it looks pretty janky. Like, have you ever seen or heard of Flash Gordon? Yes, for sure. Oh my gosh. That's what this guy is. They basically said, give me Flash Gordon. Give me like a blonde white dude in like tights yeah, with yeah, like space a dude, space yeah. sword. Done. Yeah. Like, this guy is not a ninja. He's not a <laughs> Ryu. Yeah. Like, that's not him. Yep. Like, tell I, me this is not Flash Gordon. Like, in uh, purple That's tights. good. That's funny. Flash Gordon, yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I, <laughs> I, I support that analogy. So it also has a bubble on the front that reads eight mega memory. That is just a perfect example of one of those things meant to confuse consumers into thinking this was a good thing, despite their having no clue what it meant. Like it was the first ever eight mega cart for the system. You know, I, like I guess the developers needed. They decided while they were making the game, it was necessary to come anywhere near the arcade version they were trying to port. So they like demanded it, and in rare fashion, usually like you read a lot if you you know dive deep into video game development history of this time. You hear that a lot, like developers wanting more, and they're just, they're just the publishers are the fucking companies are just like fuck off, figure it out. <laughs> so you know, it's pretty cool that they were like. They listened. They, you know, they made the they made the fucking request, and it was actually listened to and adhered to. Is kind of a somewhat of a, but that's why it's the first one. It's so rare. That's why it's the first one. But yeah, six mega was the original plan. And disclaimer: I have no idea, just like the consumers of the time, what any of this means. I'm always completely flummoxed by the megabits verbiage in this console area. Like I know what a fucking megabyte is, but I have no idea what a megabit is. <laughs> And, like, I've tried to read it and try to figure it out. And, like, maybe I've even consumed the information, digested it, and understood it at some other time. But currently, I have no idea what the difference between a megabyte and a megabit is. I'm pretty sure there's a difference, though. (laughs) But when you're, like, 10, 12, 14, all you need to know (laughs) is... It's more more bits. It's more bits. More bits is better graphics. That's all you need. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Everywhere, anything else, and you're a freaking nerd. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. The back of the box has three great screenshots, and the main event of them features a dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus Rex to be exact, so you know these guys knew what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> and yeah, the, 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 the text leads off with probably all you need for a synopsis, and maybe I'll edit the previous one I gave, <laughs> I gave you guys and just use this. Take on all the explosive action of the arcade hit. Your Strider, a crunching hulk of muscle with a grappling hook and laser sword. You're in a future land of backwards time, and its evil master is taunting you with defeat. And I think... All of that is not factually in line with the game story, but it's all I was a like, kid would. What did you just say? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, but a kid would need to want to play the game. You know, it's 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 hilarious. Like I said, it's just a huge disconnect that has nothing to do with the actual game. But a kid reads that and like, yeah, yeah, I want all those things. <laughs> Grappling hooks, laser sword. Yeah, future land dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You also want to say, uh, like, you know, maybe that's why the. Game Pro. Maybe that's what the Game Pro was harking to. Like this abstract part of of this in small game, or this this one game in the in the magazine. Uh, maybe that's what they were putting on the cover. So maybe they weren't so off base as, as we tried tried to analyze. <laughs> Does specify it's only one player here in the back. A fact that really bummed me out. This would have been a dope ass couch co op sesh. I think yes, if, it, if it had two players. So the manual, which will be in the show notes, is 22 pages, color covers, and black and white contents, as all Sega of America manuals were. 
Pages eight and nine go beyond the basic control set and break down all the additional attack techniques. And it's really just a confirmation you can attack at any time. Running, jumping, climbing, hanging, squatting. Your plasma sword is always ready to party no matter what your posture is. And that is how this game should be. And it's cool that that's the case. Pages 10 and 11 are an item breakdown, and it's explained that items can be obtained from little silver containers that appear either standalone or in the grasp of a flying enemy called Moskmen. And the items that you can pick up are a sword icon, makes you, they describe this as making your sword more devastating. Love that. Standing figurine is a one-up. There's a running figurine that's invincibility. I don't think I ever got one of those. Chinese symbol, meaning high, replenishes one block of HP. And then there's a Chinese symbol that means Ryu, adds one block of max HP. The combining of both those symbols fully replenishes all of your HP. So I think that was a cool, that's an interesting way of doing that, that I really like that, you know, I I don't think I've ever seen before, you know. Fair enough. But let me ask you a question, Josh. Did you feel like at any point in play, and I feel like this is a good time to, to bring this up, that you had the time to actually sit and look at this and evaluate Oh, no. This no, is the no Ryu clue. symbol. No, no I have no, like- no. But yeah, American, no idea. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It's just cool. Look- Again, it's just cool looking to yeah, exactly. an Ameri- American kid in fucking 1990. You know, like Chinese symbols. Legit. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, like, in play. No. If I would break a bl- brick and it'd be floating and I'd see a symbol, I'm like, I don't know which one that is. Is it worth me to risk? Well, here's, like, here's, here's the thing. Like, I have no none idea. of the, here's the thing though. The caveat to that is none of those things isn't worth going for. True. <laughs> true. I guess if you're full HP. But if you're fully, yeah, if you have full life. And but even like then, fill, like, even then, uh, you know, you still, you would still, if it wasn't in a dangerous place, you would still pick it up. Probably like, still no, grab it. Yeah. Um, I'm specifically thinking about the the part where like you're ro- it's rotating platforms and some of them are spiky and it's like each one like almost every one had a, an item on it so I'm like I'm gonna go after them and I kept dying like trying to go after the <laughs> shiny that. things give me the shiny things second stage <laughs> yeah that fucking part sucked yeah. um, one of many also 200 and 400 denomination point pickups who gives a fuck <laughs> page 12 is a breakdown of three robot assistants you can find like Roombas but they can fuck shit up there's one that's called Dipodal Saucer. You can get up to two of these at once, and one block of your life turns red with each acquisition. While in tow, they fire electric blasts in the direction of your sword swings, and when you're not attacking, they move around you charging into enemies and, and fragging them, kind of kamikaze style. And they disappear when you get hit enough to lose the block of life that turn, they turned red when you pick them up. And this is an amazingly cool, a very subtle, but a very, very cool... I don't know, just game mechanic, I guess, that I don't think I've ever seen before. Like, basically, I mean, I might talk about it later too, more in depth. I definitely will, actually. But I was able to eventually, or not eventually, at one point, root one of these things to my position one energy bar. And then, without dying, replenish my life. So... It doesn't, like, move. Like, if you tie it, if you have one life left when you pick one of these things up, it ties to that one life. And even after you fill your life back up, the block, because when, when that red block, when, when that block of life that you pick them up with, when you lose that, obviously, if it's your last one, you die. But any other position, if that block goes away, you lose the robot. But if you tie it, if you root it to your first block and then replenish your life, the next time you get hit... The robot doesn't go away. 
you lose the life that's been replenished. So if you can root one to your position one HP bar, you never lose that robot. And that's incredible. <laughs> that's really cool, really different, really unique, I think. And I was able to do that at one point, and especially with safes coming, I was able to keep one of these things in tow for much of the game. That was a huge asset, I think. Especially with the, the biggest thing these things do is when you're on those inclines and you obviously can't attack the thing that's just right in front of you because it's up higher, these things will just fucking tear ass up the hill and just blow shit up, you know, which is a really, really nice fucking feature. Uh, they also will kill shit that's flying around. These things are fucking great. <laughs> and if you can get two of them, is amazing, man. If you, if I, I, I was, once I figured that out, I was like, uh, it was like a side quest the entire rest of the game to get down to two life, root one to a second, my second life bar, and then replenish my life and have two of these things root at the bottom of my life bar the whole game, you know? So just a really cool way of implementing these that, again, I don't think I've ever seen before. I can tell we had two vastly different playthroughs. Because <laughs> yeah. I considered these things largely useless. Uh, well... Well, an afterthought. So well, more of an afterthought. Not largely there, useless, but an afterthought. There's a thing about... We'll talk about... I don't want to get it into it here. <laughs> when we get into the game, there's a thing about this game that I can totally see why you would think that. Yeah. But the second robot is a terrapodal robo-panther, and you can only get this when you have two saucers rolling with you already, and those disappear in favor of this bad boy. So this thing only wrecks shit for a limited time before it runs away and the saucers return. And it can also be lost via taking damage in, in the same way as a saucer. So, I don't, to be honest, I don't think I ever got this because keeping two of the saucers yeah. in tow long enough to get another one is borderline impossible. <laughs> so, so, I never, I don't think I ever even saw this. Would have been cool though. And I then think I got it briefly and then it was, it was gone. I took yeah. damage like shortly thereafter. It was yeah. like, ah, oh, well, all right. Sucks. So there's a third one called the Hawk Robot, and it's also a limited time pickup, but has no damage-taking dependency. It circles above you and pummel chooks anything and everything it touches. So I, I got this one time, I think. I want to... Might even have been in the first level, but uh, I did not see this all that often. The cool thing, so I love having these like robot companions. is a really cool thing that I wish the NES one would have had. <laughs> uh, pages 13 through 16 are level breakdowns that have screenshots and decent little copy blurbs I'll read or will read as we encounter them in our playthrough. And there are survival hints on page 17. The first three can be submitted as get good at the game. And that while uh, some, area, some areas of it are easy, some are going to really piss you off, which are all true facts. <laughs> and the last tells you to watch the demo after the title screen carefully because there's a teaching tool in there. And Sega is so big on this. I don't know. Do you remember Wonder Boy 3 for sure had it? And I believe Revenge of Shinobi had bomb drops in their demos too. Like that's just like a, I don't know, that's like a company agenda to put things in the demos that supposedly are, you know, if not necessary, incredibly helpful in the actual So did play. you actually do that then? Because I definitely did not. I watch it and I don't know what the fuck I was supposed to believe <laughs> from it. I, uh, I don't know. Wonder Boy 3's yeah. actually had something that was helpful. Right. Super that I helpful. remember. Yeah. yeah. The, getting down in that. Going down into that well was like, that was really important and good information. But yeah, I don't think, I think the Revenge of Shinobi one, same thing. I was like, I, I don't see what, the, whatever. It was probably that thing that we didn't do the whole game. We didn't even realize that the, what was it, the, what was being able to block with the shurikens oh, or whatever it was, yeah. you know? It's, that's probably what was in like, there. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah. The, we also have the Sega Manual Staple scorekeeping grid on page 18, and we out on the manual. How about history, Jay? Well, history and game genie codes. Do you have either thing? 
Yeah, yeah. So as far as history, the only really thing that I found, which was surprising to me, was a magazine which I love. I talk about it all the time. EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, was like my go-to gaming mag um, as a teen. They declared this game Game of the Year in 1990. So that I told you automatically got my attention and had me like my ears perked up. Just shocking. It's incredibly revered. Incredibly revered, dude. It's just, yeah. there's just an endless supply of just which is hilarious to me after having played it. Um, and that's not to discount that being true necessarily. But there is there was a very conscious acknowledgement in my posting for this of the difficulty and the mm-hmm. uh, borderline impossibility in of some areas, you know. So those things don't usually coincide. Usually it's, you know, it's either like this game is fucking impossible or this game is good and fun and reasonable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's usually definitely not both. Yeah, it's, it's funny to hear to, to hear them butting heads a little bit. That's really all there is in terms of uh, notable history. However, there are several game genie codes that did not make me feel like I was cheating. <laughs> okay. Um, the main one I <laughs> used. Exactly. That's, that's the name of the segment. Game yes. genie codes that didn't make me feel like I was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what I wrote down. Yeah. Um, what used? Infinite players. Uh, definitely use that. AJFAEA26. Definitely had to use that at some point because, mm-hmm. you know, I assumed, and we'll talk about it. Me that- too, but it was just my F2 button. <laughs> or well, F4, I, F4 button rather whatever exactly. F2 and F4 button <laughs> well that's what I mean I feel like that's kind of in the spirit of what we're doing and it's I assume that we had unlimited continues I was wrong and we will talk about that later so this is a great code to use I, know. I um, can't believe you assumed that I know would never assume that yeah. these fucking old well games. it was more like, <laughs> it's not an assumption it was more like a hope and just like I just assumed <laughs> that there will be more as I keep going and eventually they ran out <laughs> um, but outside of that um, additionally, codes that I did not use, but I found notable. Invincibility. Love to have invincibility, but that's mm. that's definitely cheating. So this is outside of that. <laughs> um, more health bars. So you can start with like up to five health bars. Okay. So to start which, with, I, I thought you were going to say that you can get more than the like um, amount you can get in the game. No, but even that's significant, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And then I, mean, I, 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 I safe scummed and had five the whole game. Dude, <laughs> I think I only had five like once. I, uh, I was never operating. Yeah, that. fuck, fuck dying, dude. Lose, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you lose your like that sword. But anytime you got that sword pickup, it was oh like my gosh. They, they didn't give that to you. It was like, oh, here's a sword. It'll this will be dude. fun. Like no, anytime you got that, it was like some shit's about to happen. You'll need this. <laughs> anytime I got that, I was like, hold on for dear life. You yeah. Know? Unfortunately, yeah. I did not like. I did not. Consider that a save scum opportunity that I needed to like uh-huh. be that on top of like you. That would have made things much late easier. Game, late game, I I played the whole game with one finger on that fucking thing. Not <laughs> <laughs> surprised. Uh, but the other notable, so there's several codes that I found, you know. But the other notable one, Strider has no legs. Why would you want to have a code where he's just a torso? I don't know, but GamePro would lose their fucking mind if they knew that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> fucking just talk mad. This, this fucking device sucks. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that, those, are the, those are the cool ones, man. That, you know, like, the, just, you're, you are, you're breaking the game code. So, like, show, like, really break it. Show me how much we can break it, you know? <laughs> so, 
Did you try it? I did not. I was actually oh. going to try that before this, and I got caught up freaking adulting. I was like, mm. darn it. Like, that's yeah, I, I would, yeah, do. I mean, you have to assume that it's just a visual thing, but like, you know, yeah. I want to know, like, does it, does it change your movement at all? You know, like, like do you, you stay up here floating or are right. you like scraping the ground? Right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, and that's the kind of shit you find just fucking with a game genie as a kid, too. Just like punching codes in, like, <laughs> wonder what's going to happen. Like, that was such a fun activity. Just like, who the fuck knows? Like, anything, anything, literally anything could happen when I do when I when I fucking just put in some random shit here. So let's fucking go. Or even taking the codes and tweaking them a little. Like, okay, this one has something to do with jumping. I'm just gonna switch two here and just keep trying to jump two two a bunch of new combinations with just two of them changing each time and just seeing that slightly tweak whatever you know. There was just so much cool shit you could do with that. That was really fun. Yeah, I mean, you, and you'd find I could definitely see that happening with these codes because there's some random stuff like die and you complete the stage like. What? Like, that's a <laughs> outcome, you know, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or the reverse, like, you have 30 seconds to complete each phase. Like, oh, the fucking that's timers. No thank you. Yeah, yeah oh my no god, the you. timers in this game, holy fuck. I don't know if I've ever played a game where the timer was more limiting. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, I did not do any economic now. I thought for sure I would, too. Uh, I just, nothing, I ended up, I don't know, laziness. It's lazy. i got to stop being lazy. There's no question. There's, there's something in here for sure. This dystopian, slightly futuristic there's there's there was something in here for sure building a third moon or something (laughs) there's definitely something in here to figure out but i I didn't nothing nothing came to mind into our playthrough of Strider on the Sega Genesis. And we start with the Sega logo, Sega logo in silence, and then we cut to Mayo dominating much of the screen, looking down on Hi Rai. Yeah, so Hi Ryu. I mean, let's, let's figure that out. Hi Ryu? Hi Ryu. Hi, it's got to be Hi I, Ryu. There's a, there's because a, of the way they break it down in the manual, it's like, and I've always think of Ryu as Ryu, so it's got to right. be like Hi Ryu, right? Yeah, it's, yeah it's, two, it's definitely two syllables, so it's got to be yeah. Hi, Ryu, Hi Ryu. So, yeah. Let's, let's go with that. Looking down at Hirayu in front of him, Hirayu with his back to us. That's definitely a second syllable makes that harder to say, though. <laughs> <laughs> so before you can really even take that in, Mayo grasps, it, grasps at Hirayu. Hirayu responds by slashing with his sword and cutting the image of Mayo in two. The two halves fly apart, revealing the title treatment in baby blue over a purple watermark of the Chinese characters for Hirayu. Press start button flashes a few times before the demo starts. And yeah, I have no idea. Watch it. I have no idea what I'm supposed to learn from it. <laughs> Pressing start takes you to a plain white text menu on a black card. Start in options. The options menu has different difficulty levels. Easy, normal, and hard. And note in the normal and hard levels, the difficulty changes depending on your own skill. Can you adjust to the different attack styles of the enemies? And that's what the manual says is where I'm getting that from. And I yeah. wish I had a more detailed explanation of that. I do not know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I took note of that when reading the manual. But then, like, in the game, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to tell that, you know. But I found it very fascinating. Yep, so. for sure. Yeah, the, idea, you know, the, the suggestion is there that it has a level of AI I don't believe the Genesis is capable of. So, <laughs> so you know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's, like, if with the level's timed, maybe there's, like, checkpoints. Like, if you don't hit... Because you know how when you, if you die, it naturally starts you over at certain points in the stages. Maybe it's kind of like, if you don't hit 
you know, this point by, you know, 30 seconds, you know, instead of 10 enemies here, there are seven enemies or something like that, you know. I don't know. That's an accident. That's a, a, a that's a that's a that's a reasonable code based <laughs> idea oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I played on normal with five lives. How did you play? Just for I clarity. definitely played on normal. Um, wait, you you can change, change lives. The number of yeah, you, lives. yeah, you can change the difficulty level as well as the number of lives, which is cool. I never. To, to have I left that. it at three. I, I should have put it at five. I, just, <laughs> I made life harder for myself, but. Yeah, yeah, you can choose three, four, or five, and that's that's a yeah, it's a very not common customization, I would say. Um, something that would. Although when I died, when I died and lost all my continues, I continue, I continued starting over on easy. I was like, I might just start over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you know? Did you know? You did or you didn't? No, yeah. I didn't. I thought uh, about it, but I did yeah. not. <laughs> I'd be curious to hear if you could feel a difference. No, no, I can't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't live with myself if I just came in here like I failed <laughs> and did easy. it on easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's a phenomenal philosophical debate, Jay. Is it worse to not beat it on on normal or to have to go to easy to beat it? Which is worse? I mean, to have to go to easy to beat it. Like, because it has the word. On... Honestly, I think that's just because the word easy is in it, though. Yes. probably. <laughs> it's just that psycho- well, I mean, psychosomatic. To, to me. In any game, when you give me the option to change difficulties, to me, the normal option is like, this intended. is how you intended the game to yeah. be played. So I'm going right. to play it that way. Right. And I only do like story mode or lower. If it's like, okay, like I literally just only care about the story or like the combat sucks or I have a have the d- damn good reason to yeah. like put it to change difficulty now, you know. All, fa- all fair approaches to life, <laughs> I agree. There's a sound test also. It has 77 different cues, and that's a fuck ton of sound cues for a sound test. So good job with that. Did if you do gonna... any of those? Like, I don't no, know I, I mean, I don't, I don't ever go through cues. them, but yeah. it's awesome that if you're a sound test person, that's probably like, fuck, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I can know. see that. Yeah, I've never been a sound test person, but I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> it wouldn't be in these games, you know, or in so many games, I should say. When you click start, it cuts to a starfield with a Cobra Commander-esque belly laugh heard, and then a gigantic sprite of mayo flies up from below and passes through frame, holding what looks like Earth in his hands. And he's also covered in turquoise flames. Then it cuts to a night sky over a dense residential neighborhood, I think, maybe? (laughs) What what that's supposed to be? And then text flies in from screen right. Half is in in gold font and Russian language, marked with a red star, and and the other half reads AD 2048. So I consulted the esteemed Lord Disciples via the Facebook page about a translation on this, and the noble, at least the first, there were actually many who weighed in and supported this, but the noble Christopher Denote explained it means Soviet Socialist Republic. He added, and this is, this is why I also would, would cite his over any other, because he not only did he translate it, he also gave con- further explanation and context, so he really knew his shit, I would say. Oh, wow. Yeah, he added that Kazakhskaya is an adjective, so it's Kazakh SSR, so the game assumes that the Soviet Union continues in the 2040s. And here's the thing about that, Ooh. that date of 50 years after the story outlined in the manual doesn't make much sense, but what are you going to do? Another example of manual and game not fucking being on the same page. <laughs> you know. And I mean it would it's 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 so much better and sensible for it to be 2048 instead of 1998. So right. I would much rather take the game's fucking 
shit here than the manuals, but whatever the right. case. Like, it, it's much more believable that this dude is going to fly in 2048. Right. Like, connected to a little machine like this. Like, yeah, yeah. give me some futuristic yeah. believability. Now, yeah, it all, it all checks out a whole lot better if it's in 2048, no question. Hi, Ryu then flies in from screen right with a glider of some kind, a or from screen left, I should say, with a, with a short ditty called Defense Line. As he lands on a steel girder set in front of a backdrop of those St. Petersburg architecture buildings, and we are playing Strider. So let's talk controls. HUD. As the acrobatic skill set of your dude would suggest, controls are not just your basic bitch attack jump run stuff. You can climb and squat with the D-pad in addition to horizontal movement. A or C is jump, so it's funny that there's such complexity in the moveset of this game, but it has mirrored buttons. The A and C button did the same thing, so it's funny to me that that's the case. But there's there's something you can hang on from above you can automatically grab onto it and hang from it when you jump and then your the b button swings the falcon which is what they call your plasma sword and additional moves are there's a sliding attack so you hold down on the d-pad and hit a or c and you can slide through tight spots or into enemies so it does damage as well and then there's the cartwheel jump right or left in ac and the turning here makes you more elusive the manual claims i i don't know about that but this is one of the few gripes I have about, about controls in this game. The inertia expectations, which, you know, a fucking physicist was sitting here. They go, yeah, bitch, you got to be moving to go sideways when you jump. <laughs> but that's not how all video games work. And I think this video game is a tough one to need to be running already or moving to jump left or right. You know, there's a lot of times when you want to jump right or left in this game but you're you're you're, the, you're forced to do it from a, a very tight platforming situation, and you want to jump right or left, and you just jump straight up, and it fucked you. And that happened to me a lot in this game, and is easily, other than maybe one other thing, probably my biggest bitch about it. So that's one thing. Interesting. You didn't run into that. I didn't find that a problem at all. Oh man, yeah. If you're standing still, and you, I mean, there's I don't know how many times I wanted to be able to be standing still and then jump somewhere and. Not having it. I, I feel like I've uh, I've come across that so much in other games that I'm just kind of used to, like just like if that's necessary, kind of just adapting immediately and kind of just forgetting it. So I mean, maybe I thought that at first and then adapted immediately and completely. Forgot it. I, don't even I, know. I guess I guess I guess I'm gonna die because I haven't made that adaption. <laughs> as as for the feel of controlling Hyru Hyru, it's I you know in, in general like I said other than that thing it's great I think it's smooth it's responsive none of that arcade rigidity we talked about for Eswat you know and and the animations for it all are fluid and sensible and like That's what true. they you know they should be the hitboxes and enemy interactions feel right there's nothing to complain about as far as the actual boxes but my other big fucking bitch about this game would be your damage feedback is not i, I oh my gosh it's dude. it's not good oh dude. My gosh, it's not yes. there's no knockback which is you know i like that of course that there's no knockback to slow you down but right. you don't know if you're doing damage to them and i guess in most cases you are i can't think of too many situations Outside of oh, boss battles, situations. Yeah. where 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 you're doing, <laughs> yeah, I got lots of situations. I don't know about that for that though. But yeah, the you know I can't think of a lot of situations where I was, 
you know, hitting something, and it, I, I, I ended up feeling like it wasn't doing damage by hitting it that way, again, outside of boss battles. So, you know, maybe that isn't, you don't need it, and it, it's just me wanting video game fucking parachutes that don't need to be there. But it, yeah. it felt at times frustrating that I didn't know whether I was doing damage or not, you know, and that... Dude. Yes. It's, it's tough, especially for a game where you're killing shit constantly. <laughs> Man, I, I felt the same way, and I largely ignored it, like, and sometimes I would just play with music on in my headphones and just be like, whatever, like, I'm just, you know, I don't need to hear the sound of this game. The music's great, though. You should. No, no the music definitely is good. It's just at certain points when I was dying over and over and I'm just like, hear this freaking song again. I just want I need to, something. You know, I need to listen to something soothing. I need to lock, need yeah. To lock it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's the kind of game where you can't listen. You can't. You got to turn the music down and put headphones on with like sounds of waves crashing or something. You know, or rain, rain, rain on a tin roof. Just a, listen to listen to Bruce Lee. You must be like water. <laughs> Get yeah. through this part. Something common, yeah. Okay, the HUD is a small black horizontal strip at the top of the screen. There's current and high scores on the left, remaining players and remaining time to complete level in the middle, and then a life gauge on the right. You start with three bars. It can be increased up to five in the game, as we have kind of already covered. So we are, that glider dropped us off, and they're called rounds in this game, not stages, according to the manual. The first round is called Kazfu, and I thought we, again, could read the manual descriptions of these because I think they paint good pictures. So let's, if you could, start us with the first one, Jay. And I should have mentioned that before we started, so you had it ready to go. But All right. Round one. Kaz, Kazafu. Hang glide into a city under siege. Scale the rooftops, battling Russian soldiers, scoundrels, and mosque men attacking from all angles. Activate your dipodal saucers to help destroy enemies on inclines and downslopes. Slide under the deadly spikes to face Stroibaya, the bone-crushing muscle man. Then leap away from the searing flames. Jump and hang. Go high. Get low. Demolish Novo, the multi-directional laser emitter. Follow the staircases and watch out for traps and sneak attacks. Annihilate Urobolos the terrifying metal menace and conquer the city. So I've talked some shit about the manual already. One thing I think this manual is incredible at is these descriptions for the levels take on this like frenetic action-minded pacing and language that is very on brand for what we're doing here, you know? Yes. And, yeah. And I, I think that's a really cool, because it's not even, they're not really even describing the world. They don't spend a lot of time with flowery adjectives and stuff. It's describing with flowery language your path through them. Yeah. Not, which is very active. It's just yes. a very active choice in language and writing for a game that is predicated on that. And that's it's an interesting and unique choice that I don't think we've seen a Dude, ton. You it's know? a summary cool. and I appreciate it. <laughs> it, it. Instead of like explaining to me like or giving me a long map, it's kind of just like this is what you're doing. Like, oh. I might have to get high. I might have to go low. Or, you know, <laughs> like this is very yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, I think it's it's really cool and a really good choice for this. So 129 is the amount of time in your timer when you hop off that hang glider, at least on normal. I guess, like you said, maybe it's different if you have 
uh, a different difficulty level set. But I was thinking, like, when I first got dropped in, I was thinking 89 seconds is a very small amount of time, regardless of the task. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you quickly learn that it resets at various milestones in the stage. But I was assuming that that was what I had to beat an entire stage, whatever the first stage might be, uh, difficulty slash lengthwise. And that was a little bit, is this like a first you know, taking the world in thing. I was like, fuck, that's what the fuck, <laughs> you know? And, you know, that's not to say that timer isn't a problem, but it's, yeah, it does reset at least. So it's not like ridiculous at all times. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I didn't really, it was only like this first level. I think was it this first or second level? The first or second level is when I actually ran out of time. And like, after that, I never ran out of time again, but like, it was only one of these first couple levels messing around, doing stuff, exploring, you know what I mean? That I was like, oh, snap, I ran out of time and then died. And I was like, oh, all right, so I got to get my butt moving, you know? I mean, I guess here's the thing. You're, you're not, you, one of the few upsides to not playing <laughs> with, like, ridiculous safes coming is, you know, you, 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 you cook along, you're not burning any time, you know, yeah. you're not, it's not, when you're safe, when you're, when you're taking the safe scumming approach, and especially the way I note take, I don't know how you do it, but I am very like, stop and fucking write a bunch of shit. Like, so, you know, I'm taking my sweet time and it's, it, uh, a timer is a bigger problem for me, just the way I approach these, I think maybe than like a traditional gameplay would be. Um, so yeah, they were, they, it was a problem for me new on numerous occasions. <laughs> So yeah, we're dropped off on that scaffolding that they mentioned in the description, and there's flames shooting straight up into the sky out of a nozzle at the end of the platform, and a laser light show going on behind you, and it's kind of like the start of a concert or something, not the infiltration point for a super secret military operation. <laughs> right? At first, I'm like, are those are those laser beams hitting me? I was like, no, I'm good. That's in the background. Okay. Yeah, no, they're like, they're <laughs> so like, they're happening? like, yeah, they're doing a show for me. They're not fucking. It's not, you know, it's I don't know. It's it's a little contrary to what the vibe should be. I think unless uh, yeah, I guess unless you like your your counterpoint is like this is how this town always is it's always like a concert <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is i guess that's fun but also interesting yeah. you get a solid gun barrage from both sides as you proceed across some uneven ground that you have to do a wee bit of your cartwheel jumping across before you first are presented with a container drop with with a dipodal saucer bot and yeah i quickly learned the ease with which these come and go uh, almost makes them yes feel unnoticeable at first so I, I get you on that. They, they can be lost so easily if, you know, because it is just that you just have to take one hit and you take lots of hits in this game. So, yeah, I, I can I can get why you feel that way. Doing it the way I would eventually do it with the rooting to a low thing made it very different and made me much more aware of them because it was always there and I could watch what they do. And I again, I would because I had more time with them, I was able to, like, figure out how to, you know, I, I don't want to say you have the ability to deploy them. Because they do just work autonomously, but as the manual described, like you can, they they do different. Like if you're if you're attacking, they do one thing. If you're not attacking, they do something else. So you can kind of strategically get close enough to something for them to attack it, but you're out of harm's way, and you can just stand there. Another reason, probably, why time was a problem for me. <laughs> now that I say it out loud, but yeah, you can you know kind of let them do the dirty work in a place that is hard for you to necessarily attack or get to or deal with, and that is a really nice bonus plan that they can bring to your game. That makes sense. I, I didn't do any of that. I, yeah, you know, I, I whenever I would see a canister drop and. I was out of harm's way and there was no danger happening. I would absolutely get it because, like, it might have that freaking sword, that extra long sword. Like, I'm definitely getting that. But 
if there's danger happening and a cancer drops, I'm not going after it. Right. Especially since, like, there's definitely times when I feel like that was the main reason that canister dro- was dropped there was to get me to try to get it. <laughs> all their stuff firing. It's, Cap- at me it's Capcom. They're putting I mean? those Mega Man heads in death spots for sure. <laughs> and so I just quickly, quickly adopted a like, if I get a canister, great. Otherwise, I'm not going out of my way. Like okay. it is just not vital. This uh, gotta go. <laughs> we we talked about that. We were we were uh, simpatico for that on on ghouls and ghosts. In this case, we are diametrically opposed. I think because I am getting yeah. those things <laughs> under. There's no, I'm, that's oh, the wow. primary modus operandi, I believe is the term. <laughs> well, I feel like there, there's definitely been times, there's times here and there where I would keep dying and maybe it's because like I would keep hit, getting hit by something. And I was like, oh, let, well, let me try and get this canister to see if that helps. You know, I see yeah. a canister way out there. Like that would happen every now and then. So it's not every situation, but if there's danger, it's like canister, not a priority. Just okay. immediately. Okay, you trundle up some hills and wall climbing opportunities before cresting the climb and getting another bot drop that clears a path down below on the slope, which that's another example of like, you know, when, when, again, when you have the changing, all the altitude changing going on in this game and you just don't have, your attack is not suited for that kind of landscape necessarily, you know? Yes. I kept so, thinking there would be like a swing up and there was not. I was like, you really? I can't yeah, swing so upward? It's, it's like, uh, okay, or... Those robots, <laughs> those robots are meant to be, I think, the answer to that problem in, in the gameplay. Fair enough. Yeah, so you get down, like, as you start to go down this slope, there's a fork in the road, and you can jump onto a large oval object that for the first 25 times I played this level was free and clear up there, so I would go that route. But the very last time I played the level, I, a beam of some kind was shooting straight up from the top of it, and I had no idea how to make that no longer the case. It was like a continuous beam, so I couldn't go through there. So I don't know what catalyzed that being the case. It wasn't there for the other 25 times, like I said, but uh, whatever the case, I had to go down below, and that has a row of three hanging spears that stab downward at different intervals that are not easily calculated and avoided. So it wasn't like a really easy, easy like, fucking linear... Uh, stabbing fucking sequence or anything so i i'm guessing a slide is your best bet here but i always always forget to do that uh, when i was going through this mm. part so like fuck it, yeah it was just yeah um you know it's trying to, it's teaching you mechanics and i just i it was i the slide numerous times in this game actually i would just forget i had that available yeah. to me you know and Same. that was another the first instance of that i should say so just a little further down, the ones and zeros is a mini boss battle. You're first in the game against Sting from the WCWJ, not Hulk Hogan. That's fucking Sting, circa 1990. What are what? you talking about? He's got a flat top. He's not Hulk Hogan. Are you out of your mind? Jay here called that Hulk Hogan before we got on the recording here, and it makes me question his entire existence because how could you not know? I don't even like WCW, and I know that that's Sting. <laughs> or I never liked WCW, Dude. I should say. WCW was like the redheaded stepchild of wrestling yes. when I was a kid. I was not into it. I can't believe anyone watched it. It blows my mind. It was so mundane compared to WWF. <laughs> hey, they had their moments. They had their stars. They had Ric Flair and Sting and like Lex, Lu- Lex Luger. All those guys, all those guys eventually came to the WWF though. They poached all of them. Yes. But then at the same time, people like Hulk Hogan and stuff went to the WCW. So it was like the weird. Well, that was later. That was after, I think they, that was when they consolidated actually. I don't think, did they, was that? No, it happened before. It happened before. Did it? Okay. I stopped watching before that. I I stopped watching before NWO became a thing. I I was, that was mid to late 90s. That was right on the edge when I started being like, okay, like late 90s. And then I was like, 
17 or so, and that's when went off to college and I was done. I, I would say f- probably 13, 14 is maybe when I got off. Oh, I see. Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon was my last run, Oh, I man. I stuck around a lot longer than you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in any well, event, fair yeah. enough, but like Sting did not have those signature colors. It's the colors that immediately... I think he emit. did. I think he originally did. I think he was yellow and red when he first... But before he became... No, 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 no. He didn't have like one's one set color scheme. His main well, color scheme that I remember is like a blue. Okay. Like a blue color. But otherwise he was like changing it off. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get on any hill and die about (laughs) Sting's outfit choices in 1990. Like I said, that wasn't my jam, but I know. Hairstyle, fair enough. Yeah. But like, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Whichever one of your favorite wrestlers you equate this to. (laughs) Uh, The first thing I want to see this motherfucker actually was if you're making an action platformer in 1990, and you don't put a WWF wrestler in it, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> like, what right. What kind of development team do you have if you're making an action fucking testosterone fuel platformer in 1990 and you don't have some WWF wrestlers in there? You're just fucking up, so. And he was, rips off his shirt. Like, come on now. Yeah. Only Hogan rips the shirt off first. So uh, they tried to they tried to bite hard. I was like, come on. An amalgamation, fine. So he's standing <laughs> up on a small platform above the one Hyrule is on, doing meathead things. Yeah, he's flexing or just yelling with his arms in the air. Hard to really say what what the exact thing is, but it's definitely very aggro. And he drops down, and if you're really hammering him, he dies so fast, albeit a bunch more yelling, that you really yes. can't even get a feel for any attack patterns or anything. So I don't even I don't even know what he does. But <laughs> but he dies like flames when he dies rather flames fall from the ceiling and cover the entire width of the floor except the small space below the platform he was on. So after a few times through this stage I learned just to run below him as soon as mm-hmm. I come into the room and then frag him from there so the flames miss me when he dies. Because he drops down kind of in front of you, you know. So his death animation is kind of interesting. I like I was you know, I'm screenshotting shit to post things and I happen to catch a screenshot just as he was starting to like his like yeah. the first the first step of his of his death and it's like this really grotesque breaking apart thing you know he looks yeah, like he I noticed he looks, that too yeah he looks like he's <laughs> fucking yeah like I don't know it's really gross looking it's like that animation break midway through there like right. like mid morph like yep. Then the customary video game baddie death explosion kicks in and all is right again. So like he goes from that one one frame of weird to like just boom, you know, blows up like a normal fucking enemy in a game. A little bit of enemy free climbing and swinging from there up to another scaffolding platform and you find a container with a robot that just flies away immediately. And like this, I think this is the one time I got the hawk and like I got it and I was wondering, I was like, was that the hawk robot? Like, <laughs> just like I thought, I don't know, it just went away. It seemed it didn't, it didn't do shit for me. So yeah, like I wasn't sure. Like I don't know, I didn't know what to think of it, but I, I definitely had like you know, like a fleeting moment of just like. Huh? <laughs> I've had that. I had that happen multiple times, and that's another that further just led my be like, forget these canisters. Like it's like a, you never know what's gonna happen there, you know. Another ascent sequence uh, follows that, accompanied by bang a new tune. the raid song and they introduce some cool strategy opportunity here and that i appreciated once i was able to discern its advantage the bipedal robots that come around the hills and shit like they they 
You want it, 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 it kind of just a point there, but basically this was a, this was a moment in the game where I first realized, I guess, is the, the overarching point here that this game seems like just this mindless button jamming fucking fest, right? But there, they did a pretty good job of jamming in spots where if you think, if you stop and think before you just run into something. It, your life can be better. And not all action games have that. A lot of action games are just fucking barreling into shit and just Let's keep go. keep hitting the button until go, everything go. Yeah, just keep hitting the button until everything's dead. And like I hate that. I want to think. I want to fucking be posed real-time strategy problems while I'm playing a game, even if it's an action game. And this was the first time where I thought that to myself. Like the smart money here is cartwheeling over to the platforms at left and so like you're going up these things and these those like fucking bipedal robots are coming down they look kind of a little bit like i don't know what to equate those two but they're just like yeah they're, they're yeah they're just like just, just like a set of legs and a fucking torso i guess is what to call them they look like they've been chopped in half or like a robot chopped in half or something so these things are coming down the fucking the slopes and you can't again it's one of those like i said you can't attack up a slope so the the smart thing to do is you just jump over to these platforms on the left and just wait for those things to fucking go and never even deal with them. And most action games, you kill everything. So, like, this is a situation where you, if you think you can get through this and not take any damage, but you have to take the fucking, the smart route, not the fucking kill everything route. And I just, I, I really appreciated that when I noticed it early on. So I noticed around here the music keeps, keeps playing even when you pause the game. And that was that's a, a Battletoads yes, thing. Yes, it's so different. I was like, what? What is happening? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, and so it's 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 cool for taking notes for a podcast that you get to keep listening to music, but it's a bad feature if you're up past bedtime trying to play the game incognito in your bedroom without mom finding out. So <laughs> there's pluses and minuses to these choices from developers, you know. Right. Uh, at the peak of this sequence, you get swarmed by maybe a half dozen Moskmen, but with nothing else up here, you can handle it, and it's really just a container pickup cache, I would call it, at the top of the, that, like, I guess it's a, a roof building is what it is, not, not a mountain, yeah. but there's a sword power up in here, the first one that I got anyways, I don't know if it's the first one in the game, but I'm pretty Ooh. sure it is, and then there's an extra life max unit, bumping you up to four bars, so I dig both those things, and I also noticed here that, the, yeah, this is where that's where the, the saucer thing happened to me. So uh, from this point on in the game, I have a saucer rooted to my first fucking uh, life bar. What? Yeah. So that's when I discovered this. I played the whole game virtually. Like I, I don't, I had, to, I had pickups at spots. Like I said, yeah. but yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't even, when I, you know, I, I guess the, the, the other thing about this is too, like when I read that description, in the manual, I had no idea what it was saying to me. <laughs> I didn't get it either. Yeah. As far like, as how I the, know, I don't know. How do you attack? Like, when are you attacking? Well, no, I don't mean the it. functionality, but I mean like the way they describe how it's, it turns a bar red and shit. Like I didn't, I read that and I was like, I have no idea what that means, but that's like, what once, I was saying. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Once I noticed that that fucker hadn't died, even after I'd taken damage for sure. Like, I was like, oh, it's tied to the, okay, I get it now, you know. So, uh, it was just a really cool realization moment for me. So, down below this is a domed room you can somehow just walk through the wall of. And inside, there's a device that comes up out of the middle of the floor that emits beams of energy that bounce around the room at 90 degree angles. But because the roof is a dome, their movement patterns will vary after bouncing off of it. So, this is the 
the thing they mentioned as the boss. So you run to this thing and just fucking fry the shit out of it and like try to get in a spot where the beams aren't going to hit you. Um, easier said than done necessarily, but it is a somewhat predictable thing. And you, after that blows up, you fall through the floor after the machine blows up and it's into this kind of crisscross of stairwells. That's pretty cool. Like it makes a foreground and background thing going on that in a 2D platformer space, you don't. Is, is if they if it is there in a game it's rarely implemented well and like i thought you could reliably traverse this pretty well like you want to go up to the left there's some pickups on the left and then you got to kind of take like you drop down onto the one heading um from the bottom left to the upper right and then you want to jump to the other one get that pickup and then come down to go further yeah. it's just it was just a, a cool way of, of giving depth to the space that i thought was well implemented as well so like, yeah, it gave me, it made me think about, I'm, the whole time I'm doing it, I'm thinking about the Castlevania or Moonwalker stairs and how, how much worse it can be, I guess, is what I was thinking, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yes, yeah, absolutely. so this, this game did a much better job of it. So you boot through some, through some grunts and that uh, little stint there, they're in red suits instead of green this time. And then you arrive at one of the cooler arenas for a boss battle I've ever seen in the 16-bit era. This is fucking awesome. You go into this room. And it's a high council, like think United Nations-y, but clearly all these dudes are officials of the Soviet state because they're in cookie cutter unis, a lot of red and gray going on. And they have little helmets with a red star on them, yellow shoulder pads, the same red star on their left breast. And there's a ringleader standing on the floor out in front of them. His hat might be a bit different to signify some special position, I guess, you know, so he looks like a leader, I guess. And he's pointing at high Ryu as you enter. And when you get near him, he jumps in the air and transforms into the head of this cyber dragon thing. And then all his constituents sitting in the chairs in the council begin jumping out of their seats and joining him as segments of the body of a serpent form. And this is the terrifying metal menace Eurobolus, Lobolos, mentioned in the manual description. And it's fucking awesome. It's a really cool boss. And that's, I guess, maybe this is the time to say... Every one of the bosses in this game is fucking amazing. It's they're, They look great. They're, every one of them has a cool, different, varied mechanic. Like, the boss design... It's one of the best boss designs games. I, I, and that's probably why... That's probably the thing that most... Like, of all the things we might want to tear out on what makes this game iconic and memorable to all those people who revere it so so heavily on the interwebs. Like, I think this is probably the the thing at the top of most of their lists like it's boss battles are like this you know that's what you remember from games like these and like every one of them are fucking bangers dude every one of them look great sound great have great mechanics the way you beat them is different it's you know everyone they're in cool arenas like everything about them are as epic as they're supposed to be and it's sud does really good job with, with those so i that's that was you know immediately fucking evident and uh, very very applaudable so this thing turns into a fucking dragon and the front segment has a like these humanish arms that carries a large sickle and then and this uh thing rather slowly i would say floats around the room and up into the rafters at the top of the of the room before reversing and coming back down to floor level and you can safely ride on its back when it's down low so you're kind of just avoiding the sickle and hammer trying to hit the head and is it worth saying that now like Yeah, I mean, this game has a boss rush at the end, and 
another uh, again I think another thing that makes these boss battles epic is you learn things in this battle that you will need later in that boss rush that are not applicable now that are or, or at least are not as important now you know they're like right on this dude's back and knowing understanding the physics of doing that is critical knowledge <laughs> for the last stage of the game and yes. the repercussions for getting it wrong here are nominal later they are severe and so different yeah so that again that is just like next level boss design in 1990 i think to teach you something now that you will need to have a better mastery of at the apex of your journey is a really really cool job of game development i think yeah. and and that uh, again is you don't know that now but it is the case and that, that's really cool i jumped on this boss's back beat it pretty easily that was not the case with the with the boss rush version i was like <laughs> no i'm scooting farther back i was like oh i gotta scoot farther back like it just kept multiple times yep no and, that, and it, yeah and i like i said the i mean i i think i uh Maybe his name's Will, one of the Lord Disciples. I was fucking bullshit with him about it when I when I posted some of the last level shit, and you know he's mentioned basically. Yeah, you know, it was he was telling some story about you know playing the game as a child, and like I think I think the idea of playing this game on OG hardware and beating it is hysterical. Whoa, no, hysterical, sorry. hysterical, hysterical, impossible, hysterical, ridiculous. No, yeah, unfucking real, and like I just. Yeah, if you had a game genie, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even then, this is one of those games. It's like I think even if I'm invincible, I'm gonna fucking you know when you fall. I don't care if you're invincible when you fall in the pit, you're dying anyways. And, you know, so like you know, like I, it's fucking ah uh, so bad. It, you know, I was like uh, this. We probably I'm sure we said it before, but like this is one of those games that had me thinking. Like, there's just no way, and I don't want to be old man on the fucking porch here. Too bad, but like, there's just no way. That, and you know, there are Dark Souls, there are games now that have this, but I think you're making that choice and it's not nearly as prevalent. There's no way <laughs> that being put through the ringer of these video games didn't make you more equipped for life than a kid playing video games today. There's just no way. There's no way playing this game as a kid on OG hardware. And, like, and there's no solution. Like The thing is... It's not even necessarily that the game is harder. It's that there were fewer, there, there, not not fewer. There were no options for circumventing it. You didn't. Yes. You didn't even like. You didn't even. There's. You didn't even have. The thing about now is, it's like I always you know make jokes. Like there's no there's no such thing as not knowing how to do something in 2023. You there's you can find the solution in seconds, no matter what it is. I don't care. Someone's got a YouTube video that explains exactly how to do it. Like doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't fucking matter. There's no such thing as not knowing how to do something anymore. There's an answer on Reddit. There's an answer on YouTube. There's an answer somewhere. All you got to do is take seven seconds and you'll find it. In 1990, when you were posed with a problem that seemed impossible, Sorry. you had to sit in a room and figure it out or you just were sad. That's it. Those are two <laughs> Those are two options. You either figure it out or you're sad. One or the other. And like, that's just, you know, uh, it. some kids probably sat there and were sad. Some... Learned how to fucking solve problems. And I think that's an, uh, you know, a, a invaluable life skill, of course. And I just don't see how kids could possibly have the same level and development of it now 
with games the way they are relative to how these fucking games they, are. You know? I would say if they played only modern games, yeah, that, that could be a problem. It, it's funny. My my kids, like, one child, I will not pick the single the child out. <laughs> um, like, at first, they would always skip around since we have games upon games. Like, you can pick a game, play on any platform pretty much at this point, thankfully. Um, they would, like, fail at a level or lose at a boss and just switch to a different game. And I kept doing that for a while. And I'd be like, I'd always, for a while, I'd just kind of be like, you know, maybe you should try harder at the one that you kept failing at, you know, or like after, instead of like encouraging him, I would instead be like, Oh, I mean, that's a great opportunity to actually try again and you'll beat it next time. You know, like enough of those kind of comments, like right. don't just jump around because you can just move to a different game. Like you got to get better at this game. And eventually they learned it. Now they're beating games. But I think it's also because they have been playing retro games as well. So a lot of Sonic, a lot of Mario, where it's like, you play. Like, you might have a lot of continues, but you're going to try again. Otherwise, you might not get past it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so no now they they have that fortitude and that try to get effort. I'm like, yes, retro games for the win. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's fucking awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, yeah, I didn't have any trouble with this guy either. I, I fragged him pretty yeah. quickly. So, like, so quickly... That you're kind of like, oh, fuck, I didn't really even, I wasn't even, I can't, I don't have a way to write about this. I wasn't this taking notes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those yeah. situations where you're like, oh, I got to fucking, sit, I got to load, scum load just to get a better feel of what this thing is and what it can do, you know. I don't think it even got up into the rafters, man. I think I killed it so fast it didn't Yeah, I'm like, rafters? rafters. Would, what do you mean? There's no rafters? Like, yeah, just yeah. If, you, if you just let it go, it'll, just, it'll, it'll go all, it's like all the way off screen, too. Like, it completely disappears. So, yeah, it's, it, if, if you let it drag on, it, it can demonstrate some pretty good functionality. <laughs> I'm so, a, I have a very fast uh, trigger finger there. So once I was in the head, I was like, jam, 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 you're going down, you know? Yeah. And you have the sword too, I think, maybe still. So yeah, yeah. Um, you can really fuck it up. On Frag, the whole thing bursts into a series of flaming explosions that are well done, and it fades to a black screen with just your sprite and text that explains what your stage clear bonus is. And they fittingly score this with a ditty called Stage Clear. <laughs> Fun thing about this screen, you have control of High Ryu all the way up to the transition to it. So if you're in the middle of some acrobatic shit, like just celebrating your victory, your sprite will be frozen in that position when it cut when it cuts to the Is stage that clear. what that is? Yeah. So you oh. it's it's one it's kinda like uh I think about it like Batman does this, Mega Man does it when you jump through the into the boss arena. Oh yeah, can, I always do that. Like, all, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's that same kind of vibe, you know, and and that's pretty fun. Oh, dude, I didn't notice that. So I think like level three or round three, I was struggling to beat it, and when I finally beat it, like I got hit at the same time, and I was like, oh shit, did I die? And Lasso, I'm like frozen in like a dot, like getting knocked away. <laughs> position. That's cool. And I was like, wait, did I win? And, and that's the position that it's like round clear. And I was like, wait. I won. It's such a bad <laughs> thing. Oh, dude, that's amazing that you that you say that. I have, yeah. I got a, I got a story later. That's cool. Then it's slideshow time, and there are three in this case. There are like they're small pixel art image with a white border. Kind of reminds me of a Polaroid picture, to be honest with you. And some dialogue text below that. And the first has an older military leader type dude, maybe the peckerwood that was pointing at you when you walked in the room. And he says, "You really think you can win? You will never defeat the master." 
And then it cuts to Mayo, and it's the shadow is so dark in his hood that you can't see his face. And his cherry red painted fingernails are stretched out hands, reaching towards the shot POV. Pretty cool. And his dialogue is, hmm. It is Strider Hirayu. He will never leave Eurasia alive. And the last one is a cyborg soldier armed with a big-ass gun in each arm. And he says, I got you. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't, I, like, I don't know. Like, is that him talking to Mayo? Like, I got you, bro. Or is he him talking to Hirayu? Like, I got you. Like, it, like there's, a, there's a period, not an exclamation, at the end of the sentence. And that reads to me like the former, you know. So it's a little bit of a, I don't know, weird vibe with that one. Yeah, I, I took it as he's saying saying that to Mayo, like I got you, like more like I got you, sir. I'm really That's, that seems care. weird to me. You I know? mean, it, it it makes more narrative sense. Like I said, it also fits with the, t- the copywriting. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's a superfluous, superfluous card. Then we don't like. Of course, he has like, a, well, obviously, yeah, like, obviously, Mayo saying that to someone that is going to go do it, like. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like but like, they could just flash it. They, I guess they could have just been more like, go take care of this. You know what I mean? But he just looks. Because, like, there's no helpers. Like, there's no. Like, except for the robots, which that robot is not a helper. You know, like, Ryu is the person. So it's got to be a bad guy. Right? Yeah. Okay, so we move into round two after that, Siberia. And I will read the manual description. A frozen waste awaits. Siberian wolves, crazed with hunger, attack ferociously. Keep moving to escape. Blast a hole in the portal and zip under it. The terrible, towering Mecha Pond jabs at your eyes. Slash him to metal slivers, then leap away. Creepers and snipers assault you in the shaft and on the gear gear wheels. Grab items. <laughs> Swing hand over hand and up onto the platform, the only way out. Conquer the peak, but beware the chasm below. Hack through the loading dock armed with deadly electric transformers. Up high, leap aboard the shuttle. You're almost there. Jump ship to keep moving and clamber into the cru- onto the cruiser. Wipe out the Kuniang, martial arts thugs, and the captain. So far, so good. Dude, this one got a little difficult, man. This is when I started save scumming. Like, there's a def- definitive period of playing this game where I was, like, save scumming, and this is when it started. I was already doing it. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't mention it because it was like a, a th- like, I wrote, so I wrote down, when we first, when I first started the play, I actually wrote down a note when I was beginning the first stage where I was like, this game is like so fast paced, actiony, like and like I don't know. I was like, I, I I felt like a writer's block. I felt like I couldn't even. I was like, I don't have anything to say about this. I'm just going, yeah. you know. And yeah. like, I want to like. I think maybe that's actually a compliment, not a, a criticism. And yeah, it was weird. I actually wrote that note down. And like I got going. I was like, no, I have shit to say. And like I deleted that. But like that was that was the first note I read or I wrote rather about the first level. And uh, so yeah, I was immediately like. I don't know. I, it was I was immediately presented with challenge and immediately uh, into it, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a weird way. So that was interesting to me. Not how I always said. Being in these games, I often, I often, I guess, I, I often feel the the skeleton of being in a podcast play or a play for a podcast Ooh. when I start these games. And this one, I was immediately like, no, I just got to play this game, <laughs> you know. Dude, I, yeah. yeah, and that was. It, that's a different vibe than I usually have. That was interesting to me. Well, I, I started out like playing this initially just playing the whole round one, kind of like 
all right, I'm just going to get the feel for it, and then I'll start over with a real playthrough. But, See, that, that's what I'm saying. I always do that. That's what, exactly yeah. a perfect example. I always do that. Yeah, I always like. I got to. But you, I like, just kept it going. Through. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't actually do it though. Like I did not start over and be like, all right, now I'm going to start taking. I just kind of was like, I think I'm going to save it here. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to just continue from round two. So we start here on some frozen tundra, a great-looking mountain range parallaxing in the background, and under a full onslaught from a pack of wolves, at least a dozen of them, I would say. It seems like, yet again, a really poor insertion point for a well-trained military expert, but it is what it is. The the wolves are all one-hitter quitters, so you can blow through these and scoop up a sword power-up right before reaching the gate to a subterranean facility built into the mountain. And uh, this is an interesting gate in that if you dawdle with it, it's an infinite gate, so... What is oh an infant gate, you ask? <laughs> it's, a, oh it's a term I made up for this, these notes, and it's a segmented barrier that drops down, and you have to break it open with a few sword wax and slide through that opening before it drops back down because an infinite number of segments can be added up top to push it down, you know? So you got to, like, break it and hurry up and fucking go through it. And inside is a mini-boss battle with a giant mechanical gorilla. It's like uh, this thing is justifiably in the box cover screenshots and based on the light Googling I've done for this episode, it's one of the signature calling cards, like the iconic images from this game. And it does look cool as shit, so I support that. It's about two high Ryu's tall and just mauls you if you get within its grasp. There is, and this is, again, another another example of what I mentioned for the serpent boss. You are are given a tool here to deal with this dude that you're not going to have later. So... It's almost the inverse of what I said earlier, though, in that you can beat this thing and not really figure out how to beat it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, they have a, a railing hanging from on, on the left side of the screen here, and you can just jump up there and kind of cheese him with your powered-up sword to take him down because you got to hit his head. And his, like, his fist is down lower around where you would be standing if you were stuck on the ground. So... You know, we will later see this guy and not have something to hang from. So if you don't really figure out how to deal with him... Without the hanging cheese, you're going to have to learn it later. <laughs> you know, and that's so, interesting. two things. First of all, I spent, I died so many times just getting to this part. Like, getting <laughs> through the infinite blocks and the dogs, not really utilizing the slide at first and being like, what the heck, man? So many lives. Yeah. Um, secondly, actually getting here, I had a much harder time with this version hanging from the ceiling than I did during the boss rush. Really? Yeah, even though with the boss rush, spoiler alert, there's a dinosaur that comes too. Like, <laughs> it was much easier to kind of jump and like s- jump easily and slice him. And maybe I had a better sword then. But like here, I did not have the long sword. Mm. Like, and so I, I was just I constantly can see that being uppercutted off the ceiling. Just I constantly knocked down. It was such a struggle, dude. Such yeah. a struggle. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. <laughs> if you don't have the sword, I, I believe that. So when he explodes into flames, it's the same thing as the other the, the first mini boss. He uh, all these flames come flying down and shoot all over the place, uh, and like kind of like a spread shot in every direction that you have to avoid. And then he's guarding a vertical tunnel behind him that you next must ascend. And the sides of this fucking tunnel are patrolled with oh shit, I just fucked up something. Uh, are patrolled with these little fucking bots and. W- if you have your saucer bot, you can have it take these things out for you. If you don't have one, I don't know how you get through this part of the game. <laughs> yeah. This uh, You have to climb up one side, slice, keep going, slice again, then go to the other side, slice. But then when stuff starts shooting at you, 
it gets a little hairy, but you can make it through. Really? Like, that's the way I did because I definitely did not have a bot. And I went up, up this part a good six times before I... They hum so fast. Like, I... This might have been one of those situations... Might have been where I decided, like, I'm not letting go of my safe scum. Because like, I think I'm sure I died a few times or, or got, got, well, I don't know. So I, would, I wouldn't have lost it if it was rude of my first one. Whatever the case, like, I was I was going through there. And, yeah, they, they come onto the screen so goddamn fast that I just, I, that, uh, that would have been very difficult without a fucking bot. So that's, uh, that's. Nah, you, uh, just, you just have to learn the pattern of the enemies. Like, in this, mm-hmm. this part particularly is very straightforward pattern like there's two on this side then one then two oh yeah then one, then i was able, like, able to so turn it's like that. all right you gotta but they could really be patient so like move, fast. wait slice move slice quick jump move quick jump like you have to actually you still have your timing on point. oh you're, I mean, so you're not, saying like, oh so easy. you're saying you're killing them in the jump so they're not there when you land that's what you're no, saying no no so you're you're crawling up one side waiting for the other one to come you're slicing it across then doing a quick jump Climb because another one's going to come the other side, slicing that across, doing waiting for a second one to come, and then another quick jump because stuff starts shooting at you. You uh, know, it's like, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's very tight, sounds, <laughs> tight windows. Sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just craw- crawled and let the bot do it. <laughs> so the next area is you already mentioned it being a problem. Yeah, it was, an, it was a really suck shit area for sure. There are the spinning groupings of platforms with grunts oh. on them. The sides of the platforms are spiked in some, not all, but most of the cases. And you have to climb these up to a hole in the ceiling with a girder below it that you have to grasp onto and swing yourself up. And there are containers on the left wheel. Yes, one of which is a high Ryu pickup for full HP, much needed for me at this point. And yeah, it might sound easy just jumping on platforms, but it is not, man. There is no easy way to hold on to that girder. The platforms yeah. don't really get you a clean jump to it. And there is the stairwell that you can latch onto and hang from to the upper left, that is a huge pain in the ass because you get stuck so on it. There's so many things to grab on. Yeah, right. to get and, in the way. Yeah, and he auto in the yeah it automatically grabs them and it like it essentially locks you into places that are dangerous when you don't want to be. And <laughs> yes. it's yeah, it's fucked up, man. It's really really frustrating. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is one of those, and there are a few places where this was the case. I just like I'm safe coming, so I didn't even learn how to do it. I just you know, it, I I think I got through this by just. Frustratedly hitting buttons until I glitched up there. Dumb you know? luck, dumb yeah. luck, <laughs> <laughs> just dumb fucking button luck. Yeah, I mean, I, I could not, I could not do it reliably without getting totally <laughs> hammered. You know, so uh. this is what this is the first time that I was like, I don't like that. There was a legit period of time. I think I stepped away from the game for a while. and I was like, I don't know how to get past this part. Like, I'm just not sure. <laughs> like, I finally figured it out, but there was definitely a legit period of time where I was like, I don't even know. I just keep dying. Yeah, I might have walked away from it for a bit here too, for sure. After that, you go up a short enemy-free tunnel from the girder, and you are back outside where a jetpack dickhead with a gun is buzzing around above you. And this would actually be the first time that I would almost fuck myself with save states. Uh, I was so happy to make it out here with my random button depressions that I didn't even look at my time left, and it was only 29 seconds left. And this jetpack dude is in... Yeah, he's an evasive prick, man. He's not. It's not the easiest sprite to. This is the first time I was really like, I'm not even sure if I'm doing damage on him, and I was running out of tick the first few times I took him on. So you know, 
I I had lives and continues and shit, but I was rolling with four HP and still had my saucer bot bound to that lowest bar, and I was like, I'm not giving that up. So, <laughs> so, so I'm just like, I'm figuring I'm either killing this guy or maybe I'm quitting this game. I don't know, one or the other. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, fucking, I was the same scum until I got. I mean, like I got really aggressive on him once and like in desperation mode, basically. And you only need to land one hit on him, I think, to frag him. Like, but yeah, I would, yeah. yeah, I would, but I was so. I don't know. I couldn't. I wasn't getting feedback, and I thought maybe I was hitting. I don't know. But I, you know, I can't really even explain why it was so hard. But it was for me. <laughs> so yeah, well, you kill him though. The timer resets, and you move on to the next segment, and no longer a problem. So this next area is the most fun sequence in the game up to this point for sure. From the jetpack platform, it's a long descent down the snow-covered mountainside, and as soon as you step out there, explosions start happening behind you, and you got to just start hauling ass down the mountain with fairly reckless abandon and it, it feels like playing Sonic and yeah. there are two there's another place later in the game where I felt that same way and I was like I could just I don't know there's no way to know for sure but I, I like I saw because like Sonic is probably in the hopper a little bit right now when this is oh. being developed and coming out you know and like I can just see a developer screen on the other side of the room where they're doing this port with Sonic on it, and they're like, let's try to get, let's, that, that's cool. Like, they, you know, the one developer's over there fucking with that guy's development uh, unit. It's like, that's a cool sequence. Let's try to get one of those in here, you know? And I, I just, I felt and could see the Sonic there in this uh, a great deal, and it was very cool to me to feel, to, to have that feeling playing this game. Well, to your point, they would employ the same technique multiple times later. So, like, this would come up, I feel like, from round two, I feel like every round from here on out, there would really? be this point where there's a point depending on where you are on the stage where you have to run fast down that hill because explosions come behind you. You know what I mean? And so I kind of like it. It's, it's become to me and I didn't look it up to verify this, but it's something that I now think about when I think of this game, like, Oh, when you beat a certain part in each level, Shit's blown up. You're running down a downhill. Yeah, go, 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 yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, yeah, so much within the vibe of the game. It's very cool. The only other one I remember is in the Amazon, but I, I, you know, I guess we're going to talk through it. Uh, yeah. if, we, if we see them, we will. We'll talk about it more. Uh, so at the very bottom is a short ramp. You have to clock and cartwheel off over a gap to an, another <laughs> ice-covered incline across the way. And it, yeah, it's one of those gaming moments where you're dying the first time you play it. There's just no way around it. You know, like yeah. it's, yeah, you're you're burning a life into the fucking video game to the video. You're, you're, you're like, sacrificing ah! a life to the video game gods, <laughs> no matter what. Here, because it's just you're hauling ass, and it's just no way. There's no two ways about it. You're just, you know, yeah. just part of the deal back then. It's, it's so funny that that is just inevitability in a game like this. You know, just like, doesn't matter what you had or how good you were playing. doesn't matter. There's just no, you're dying here. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but this again. is also the good, the good thing about how they do their restarts, which I learned. Like, when I wasn't Mid-stage, fearing for yeah. my life and save scumming, like, it re- if you die here, it immediately resets you, like, right at the yeah. top of the hill. Like, ready? explosions go like oh yeah, I get to do that, it again, that's a, that's a great that's a great <laughs> counterpoint too yeah i was because i was safe coming that's not something i i uh, was thinking of too much but yeah they do they do you restart there's a lot you can <laughs> i kind of want to talk shit about it a little bit cuz you can feel them in the game like the game when you hit one in the game it like it doesn't free it kind of well, it does it freezes for a second like a, a very 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 brief second you get a little freeze and like i don't know i don't feel like I don't know. Maybe you should. Maybe like maybe talking through it now. I want to say like, is it telling you that that was a save point, and then you can play accordingly? Like, is it is it is oh, that maybe feedback? That is what that you know is. what I mean? Like that could be an intentional choice, design hmm. choice, not a fucking you know performance a, flaw. a glitch. Yeah. yeah, 
That and that's an interesting way to think about it because yeah, you you know oh. you can you can approach things differently if you know oh I just hit a save point so that's interesting to think about. But uh, yeah, there is one here and yeah, you do if you die, which I certainly did. You just start with the top of the hill, but you don't have your robot your ro- your so- dipodal saucer <laughs> rooted to your first fucking HP unit, and that's a big difference. <laughs> Apparently, who knows? Yeah. So they follow that up with another total banger of a sequence, particularly from a visual perspective. The, this is the image behind me right now. The ground floor of this area has some wolves before you begin climbing a bunch of inclines populated by tank. Uh, tank vehicles with claws on the front of them and a few different types of electrical conduits that impose an environmental hazard in the form of intermittent bolts of electricity. And the tell of that electricity is going to, that it's going to pulse is all the foreground art, platforms, enemies, high high use sprite, etc. They go black, i.e. the power is cutting out. And all that art is silhouetted against a purple sky background with lightning flashing here and there. And it makes for an absolutely gorgeous 16-bit screenshot that I was, yes, sure to capture and slap on the socials and for which I obviously placed Hirayu framed by the platforms looking his most heroic. <laughs> this is this is the first time that I can appreciate said screenshot because I died so many times trying to get through this part that I did not enjoy it at the moment. But I, I can appreciate the artistic beauty of it now. <laughs> this one, I, 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 because it was, a, again, you're able to discern when the bolts are coming and shit. Like, I, I did not... Feel frustration here. I feel frustration in the next segment, but well, this, one, this one didn't get under my skin too bad. Well, I beat it like the first time going through, but then I either went somewhere different or tried something different and died. But my saves point was like before that because I didn't save it after. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go through it again. But then after that, I died like seven times trying to get back through. And I was like, what the hell, man? I just did this on the first try. Yeah. It was one of those, you know. Yeah, yeah when you're, when the, during the blackouts, you can see the electrical charge sprites yeah. passing through the cables towards but the But then conduit. the lightning would get me. Like, sure. I could see the blackout. I'm like, okay. And then I would forget or I would just space out and forget where the lightning was coming in. I kept dying to the same lightning. I was yeah. like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll give you that. It is hard. You know, it all You're goes focusing black. focusing on the blackout. It, yeah, it yeah, it, yeah, it all goes black. And if you don't have it really memorized... Mm-hmm. And there's enough of them where, like, you need to be standing in a certain place to make it work, you know. If you don't have it really memorized, you could, like, lose track of where the conduit might be, and you don't know exactly when it's going to be hit. Yeah, it's I'm not. It's not easy. No part of this game is easy. I guess maybe that's a copy I <laughs> said for There's no easy part at all in this game. But this was a part where I didn't want to. I wasn't fucking ready to throw my controller out the window or anything. <laughs> but, yeah, it is, it's just, from a visual point, it's just such a cool-looking part of the game. It's, I mean, bravo. So save America, Capcom, whoever the fuck is responsible for it, just bravo. Yeah, another thing I thought here too. The so these rovers on the tunnel walls and the claw tanks here—they remind me a lot of the exact type, same type of enemies as in Batman on the NES. I don't know. Did you? Yes, did you think man, that? Absolutely, yes. they did. I was like, this is like the same spray. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's yeah, it's. There's obviously a, a slight art quality difference, NES right. to Genesis, and color palettes are different, but the sprites are identical to me. You know, I'm like, this is a very design. unique looking thing. Like, you yeah. didn't just make this up. <laughs> you got right. this yeah, from yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder who Batman stole. I wonder who Sunsoft stole them from. So I got to the top of this area and spent a moment like, where the hell do I go now? <laughs> you know, like there's nothing in either direction. And it's because they drop another banger out of nowhere on you, a chopper vehicle hovering overhead. They have to board and commandeer from grunts to ascend further. And they complicate this with parachuting bombs all over the place that fall so slowly that the moving of the choppers 
make you run into them, you know? And a string of three of these carry you to the top, or, or to the bottom, rather, of an airship. And it's very cool, very difficult. And like I said, I always want to stop and take a moment to appreciate when one of these games, like, just throws something at you and you're like, holy fuck, I did not see that coming. <laughs> you know, I did not expect to have to board something at the top of this. Like, I walked all the way to the left and, like, walked around first. Like, I actually spent time searching, you know, like, what the fuck, where do I go next? And before I noticed, <laughs> I, I noticed the chopper coming in, so that, that's just a, a cool feeling. So once on board the airship, there are a couple of turbines you have to leap, a weird spinning platform you have to kind of sort out, and then a stationary cannon you have to get by to what is kind of sort of a boss battle arena. There are three acrobatic humans here, and I wasn't really sure how to classify the garb they're rocking. Like they are described as the Kuniang martial arts thugs in the manual stage description. And I googled Kuniang, and the second return was a 2010 post by a Facebook page called Singlish Can. Which, the best I could parse, is kind of like an urban dictionary for an English-based Creole language spoken in Singapore. And, yes, so I'll just read the exact posts and stress, 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 that this is verbatim from the website and in no way reflects the views of the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast, its hosts, or affiliates. But the the website says it means girly, but it is generally used to make fun of a guy, e.g. Kuniang Ayu, always eating salad, Stop, I gotta fucking take a second. <laughs> Always eating salad, wearing pink t-shirt, and now drinking diet cock. And that's what Kuniang means. So What? <laughs> and like you wanna hope that because here's the thing. It's not the like what? It's it says wearing pink t-shirt, not t-shirts. So this is there's some broken English even in this. Right, okay, okay. Translation, so maybe that's supposed to be Coke. But we'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, it's funny either way. It's got that going for it that it's funny either way. So... Said thugs are acrobating around, trying to kick you and such, and they don't look all that imposing, to be honest. So I just tried to run past them, and at the right end of this platform, there's a door you can blow open, gatekeeping a low-ceiling room with a total basic bitch grunt inside. I guess that's supposed to be the captain, but he's just one of the grunts from, like, the very first part of the first stage. And it looks like he's driving the airship. He's, like, fucking with this little thing, you know? So you can take him out real easily, one hit. And then just safely crouch inside the room and whip your sword out the door and, like, just spam it. And the acrobats will just run up to you and get hit and eventually die because they can't jump on top of you because you're in that room, you know. So yeah, it's, game time. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> to me. Did you, did you discern that too or did you actually battle? No, them? I was kind of fighting them on the way there. Okay. So, but, yeah, it was, so it was, a, it was a beautiful there, thing to find. Over. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, was, it was beautiful to discover that the very first time. Like, it was not something I had to, like, fence test or anything. You know, it was just like, nice. I, was, like I, I wasn't, I, like I said, I didn't know. There was nothing, they did not look like bosses, you know? So I was just like, fuck those dudes. <laughs> I didn't think of them as bosses either. I was just yeah. like, all right, beat some, some people on the way here and here we yeah. go. Yeah. Stage clear, that's it. Wouldn't even call it a battle. We get another slideshow following that, and the first is a hero shot of Hirayu looking pretty badass. He says, take me to your boss. Uh, not your leader or commander. This is a 
video game through and through. They they take me to the final boss battle, bitches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like I just love it. Take me to the boss, your boss. You know, it's just uh, a great uh, self-aware copy choice. Second is one of the Kuniang thugs, and it appears to be a woman, and it says, "You idiot! We control the world as long as there is the flying battleship Balog." And then the last shot is what uh, I presume is this Balog ship. It looks very military, seafaring, ship-like. And the text reads, You must be joking. You are sending a toy into battle, and I have no idea who is saying this. Who's <laughs> saying that? Right, yeah. yeah. The mocking tones suggest it would be one of the baddies, but why would they call their own ship a toy? You know? Right? Like, is, is Hirayu talking smack? Because he's like, Psh, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I, or, uh, though, the, like, the... I, like maybe are they are they talking about the small ship we're on, and is High Ryu forcing them to take him to Balog in it, and they're saying it stands no chance, like and like I guess maybe that kind of justifies it, but even then, like it seems like you wouldn't talk shit about your own ship, so I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, no, very interesting. Like Round three, Balog. You've just boarded Balog. Prepare for an in- onslaught. As you invade this massive flying fortress, the Eliminator, the monster cannon, will blast you. But its base is vulnerable. Conveyors and trap doors lead down to the Balog's perilous substructure. Cling like a fly and fight. Be sure to gain all items. Deadly frog robots bar your way. Reduce them to molten metal. But watch out. The Balog's hull is collapsing. Leap side to side to escape. Then avoid the slingshot at all costs. That freaking slingshot. <laughs> Enter the chamber of horrors where spikes, brutal sea men, and wall mounted lasers lie in wait. Defy gravity in the inversion sector and dash through the shower of ultra sensitive grenades. Find the Balog's secret, ser- secret device, then penetrate its magnetic field and slash it to shreds. Don't go down don't go down with the ship. Your final target is Captain Beard. Leap onto his shuttle for a hand to hand duel to the death. Sounds like this is going to be absolute fire. The inversion chambers. Oh man. Oh my gosh. Dude. Yeah, fuck oh. those. Jesus. What is this? I was like, what is this? A gravitational boss? What is happening? <laughs> well, that's not what they're talking about. The, the boss is cool. The, but no, the, I'm talking about those things where you where you flip up to the ceiling and you have to walk along. So that's the oh inversion chamber. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right, but like the boss was I mean, uh, the boss same uses, vein. Yeah, the, yeah like, the boss uses it too, I guess. But, yeah. but uh, it's there. That's... That's part of it. But that's yeah, not I, the, I don't that, That's not the part that sucks with those, I guess. Because <laughs> there is a part that sucks. There are parts that suck. Yes. That so, yes, now we're on a boat. And first up are all the cannons on the deck. And the, there's a series of smaller ones you have to blow up to pass while flying shitheads are bothering you from behind. Then a big-ass one right before you drop below deck into the hall. And down below is another spot similar to that one at the top of the tunnel in stage two, spinning groups of platforms that are less about using them to climb and more about just getting them getting in your fucking way, you know? And it's a way bigger area and the platform patterns are more oblong. The first part of this has a sword upgrade on the right and then some really weird shit that sent me Googling on the extreme left, uh, really kind of feeling out the space here. There's a little spinning, maybe dancing panda bear figurine that disappears on its own and can't be picked up. Did you find this, Jay? Wait, what is that? Say that again? <laughs> there is a 
Spinning, maybe dancing, panda bear figurine that disappears on its own and can't be picked up on the far left side of this space. I don't recall such a pickup. Yeah, the first time I saw it, I thought it was hallucinating. It, like, it looks completely out of place. <laughs> so, and, and it's in a place that, that if you're not really fence testing every fucking boundary of this space, you're probably not even going to find. So it's not at all unreasonable for you to not see it. But I found it. And so, yeah, I, I looked it up. It has no purpose. It was just a meaningless Easter egg inserted by a designer as a joke. The designer would later become the wife of Mega Man figurehead Kiji Inafun. But oh. I couldn't I couldn't find her name anywhere, just that it was this dude's wife, which is fucked up. But <laughs> uh, So, yeah, she put it in the game as just a total joke. And it, there was – I found this via – or I – Learned this via a 2014 IGN article titled Six Hidden Secrets of Strider. So, yes, there are five other things in here, but I wouldn't find them nearly as interesting as this nugget. The link to that is in the show notes, unless you want to stuff it in your head. But there, so, yeah, that's on the far left side. There's no reason to get it. You can't pick it up. It doesn't do anything for you, but it is cool to see. And there's a hidden area down below this that you can get to by jumping down what looks like just another incident pit. Did you find this, Jay? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did, awesome. man. Like, I, I struggled so much at the beginning of this level, just not even knowing how to kind of get through that first part where you go in. And so after that, and after falling down the hole accidentally, yep, I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing about it that suggests you should try this at all. Yes. <laughs> like you, you just fall in death because other yeah. times you fall and it is straight up death. Yeah. But yeah. yeah I wonder, much. since we both found it that way. One has to ask, is their developer intent to make that a hard thing that you're going to fall in more times yeah. than not if you don't know what you're doing, you know? So yeah. that's interesting. Another thing that we'll never know. <laughs> so down here, there's you, you, there's a little platform that you land on, and there's a full HP replenishment down here, and it's also an easy shortcut to the right side of the hull of the ship as opposed to oh. going on the stuff above it, so... Good thing to find. There's a couple more spinning platform systems up to an area patrolled by two of those Batman tanks and a moving wall closing in on you from the left until you hit a shaft heading up out of there. And the wall slows but keeps closing, so you have to get through this ascent for it closes on you entirely and crushes you. And there's some flying bullshit here that complicates the problem. And they make sure you don't get out ahead of things too fast here. By they, they, You have to start on the right side of the wall and... They make the part that they don't want you to be past until a certain amount of screen has clipped off the bottom. It doesn't come moving in from the right for you to climb on it until you until this moment. And the 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 left wall is so far away that you'll just die jumping to it. You can't get to it, you know. So like they gatekeep the fuck out of you here because it would make it so much easier to be able to get to that other side earlier, you know. But they 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 keep you from doing it. So. Fun little design choice there. And then, uh, yeah, so you got to climb on this thing. You have to, like, you're, you're bouncing back and forth. And the speed at which you have to do it, like, it's, it's, it's such precision required to make this work. It's it's so, yeah, I, so many times. This took me so many fucking safe scums to get up. Did you, I assume you had trouble here. Yeah. So I, not too much trouble. I died a couple times at first kind of just riding it up and expecting to be able to go. And then I was like, wait a minute. You know, I get to the end, I'm like, I can't get out of here. Um, but then I was like, I, I realized that it maybe took me four or five tries of like, and that's including kind of riding it up and realizing I can jump. If I just immediately, as soon as I could jump, jump to the top and tried to like go as far as I could up, 
and just stay on that one side. And then once we got close to the top, then I would start jumping to the side. Because you only need like three jumps. Right. And then you're out or whatever. Yeah. So it didn't take me too long. There's three There's three robots. See, this is is a perfect example of of how we were playing differently, though. I refuse to take damage. (laughs) because <laughs> i don't I, I don't want to lose my fucking robot or get all fucked up here so like i'm fucking you know i refuse to take too much damage on these things because i who knows what the how fuck the next thing is and i'm safe scumming i'm not going to safe scum myself into a corner you know so i like i fucking had to get through it flawlessly and that for that took a number of, of tries so when you pop out of that, a new bipedal mech awaits you that is impossible not to equate to Ed twenty Ed two oh nine from Robocop. Please put down your weapon. You have twenty seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You now have fifteen seconds to comply. You are in direct violation. Then you're heading down a decline into a tunnel sequence that absolutely fucking sucks. I hated, 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 hated this part of the video game. Honestly, I, I can't even talk about it. If you want, like, if you want to talk about this section, Jay, feel free. But I'm not saying another word until the boss battle following it. Do you have anything to say about this part of the game? Um. Oh my gosh. No. This, I mean, this. This is. This is the inverted fucking gravity thing, and I'm not talking about it. Yeah. A, this. This is no just, fun. It just sucks. It just fucking sucks. sucks. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly, when I got through it in a state that was actually like could live with, uh, to to. Do the battle, even though I think the battle is pretty easy. The boss battle, I don't even know how I did it. It was just again, just kind of just a random depression of buttons that happened to work out, and thank God, (laughs) the workout right. (laughs) That's yeah, that that describes this for sure. Okay, so the boss battle is is kind of a two boss deal. Out of that fucked up experience, you drop into a large symmetrical chamber with a huge machine hovering in the center of it. And this is the secret device mentioned in the manual. And this is, I love this. This is a really cool battle. I love this this boss. It, the main unit works in concert with a molecule-shaped objects that, that orbit around it and can, can hit you. And you can cling to and scale any part of the floor, walls, or ceiling of this place to deal with that. And they apologetically drop an HP pick pickup into here at the at the bottom to help you after that bullshit you had to go through prior thankfully so you pick that up and then what you're really trying to do is you to, to frag a couple of the molecules to give you an insertion point in the machine's orbit and just like once you're in the orbit and you're moving around it you just have to keep turning back towards the unit in the middle to whack at it with your your, your sword and it's just you know once you create that safe space to attack it that way it's just fun and that is, you know, it was one of the more just kind of freewheeling moments that was just fun action, you know, where I didn't feel threatened. I wasn't stressed out. <laughs> you know, just It was just fun. And that, it was really cool, I thought. I'm glad you had fun, Josh. I did not have fun on no? this boss. This, really? this is the boss where I was shocked that I beat it and I froze in, like, the getting smacked up phase. Well, no, you but don't. I'll- you don't, or maybe here. not, maybe not here after this, after this, but okay, like, yeah. So yeah, I'm just talking about the machine. Yeah. Right. So, but just on this machine though, like I died multiple times cause I let it swing me. You know, if you get caught too long, 
it'll just slam you on the ground and die. So yeah. that happened multiple times. But this is also the place. Well, no, it, you fly out of it. Yeah, you have to do. You have to jump in there two times, even if you get it right. So I don't think it kills. Does it make you? Does no, it, do it absolutely. I'm telling you, it absolutely kills you. Can confirm because it happened to me multiple times. Are you sure like, that? Sh- are you sure the shit flying around didn't just hit you though? No, stuff flying around definitely hits you. But like in the orbit, like you have to actively stay in that orbit. Otherwise, it will swing you wider. Uh-huh. And if it throws you far out, you like if you stay in there too long, uh, you will die. I mean, so, I would always get flinged out once. I didn't notice that, but I also yeah, because you. I guess I was I didn't know that that I didn't know that it, it had like a gra- I thought it was just you're, once you're in there a certain amount of time it wings you out. I guess the way you're inherently turning to hit it as you're going around it is probably the control stick depressions that you need to stay in its orbit. So that I guess that makes a lot of sense and maybe I just didn't notice it because I was doing that well, but uh, that's But if you're getting yeah. hit by things, you know, and that's throwing you sure. off at all, then all of a sudden you're like spinning wildly and you're like oh i can't really hit it now from and the bombs are hitting me you know (laughs) so this is also where i ran out of continues and didn't know and i was like oh shit what do i do right now like i never did i never did when you do continues does it start you mid-stage or be in the stage no if i remember correctly it starts you where you would have started like at the last oh, like checkpoint cool. place if i remember correctly that's very but like this is where it happened and i had no choice but to like go back to my last save state with like zero lives but it's just like i guess i'll try it again you know at the beginning of this boss, <laughs> i guess i'll just keep trying and see what happens um but this is also where i employed dun, 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 the game genie <laughs> infinite lives nice so that i could just keep you know basically like save stating kind of yeah. back over and over not cheating though. Yeah, that's actually that is a less uh, circumvention tactic than you know just safe stating like like I've been doing. So that's hey, actually game genie very, codes that make me feel like I was not cheating. Right. Very very admirable. <laughs> very admirable of you. So yeah, you once you build this thing up, the does not end the stage like you might have expected it to. Oh, I certainly man. did. You just drop down onto a platform hanging off the belly of the ship, and a destruction sequence begins that you have to quickly platform to the right away from. So I guess this is another instance of that. You're right in that case. I didn't think of this as one because you weren't going down a hill, but I, I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of that platforming shit to the right, the Captain Beard mentioned in the manual awaits. And I'm, dude, I'm watching this fucking playthrough, dude. The fucking... The fucking guy is doing a thing that I cannot believe he just did on the first try. That makes me that upsets the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, Captain Beard awaits and he's riding one of those chopper doodads you rode up to the airship with. And this cat looks like a straight up pirate. He's it's great. He has an eye patch, he's got a hook for a left hand, he's got a beard, of course, being Captain Beard, and his little pirate get up is purple. Looks great. It's a great looking sprite. And he's got a huge ass whip he cracks at you from the chopper. Jay, might as well give us a chopper. Get to the chopper! Right. And there's some of the grunts from the tunnel buzzing around on the platform. And I just cartwheeled up to his little buggy and banged on his ass for a few seconds, and his ass was grass, so I didn't really have any trouble with this dude. Yeah. I'm Okay. Yeah, he was not hard. Screenshotting him, too, I got... There was a cool, just a fun, glitchy thing. Uh, this is definitely a performance thing, but it, there, I got a screenshot of him, of him with the... Um, the chopper thing is gone, so it's just him floating in midair, you know, which is a cool-looking nice. image. So the, at, at, at at this point, so real quick, at this point, I'm thinking, I don't know about you, 
when I realized that okay, the gravitational boss was not a boss, like <laughs> just a part of the level. Well, he was a boss. They just like bosses in this boss. game. That, okay, that's my that's my thing. At this point, I'm kind of like, okay, it's harder to get to the boss. These dudes at the end that you just piece up really quick. Like they're just kind of hey, you made to here. Like yeah. kill this guy and now move Bench, on. benchmarks, I mean? uh, yeah. rewards, and that, that's, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's that's a fun thing too, dude. That's another again yes. like iconic and epic and make you memorable, but also enjoyable. Like that's you know, that's jamming a lot into a little box. That's good. That's a really good job. They, if you know what you're doing, like you said, you had trouble with the one, so it's not impossible to have trouble with them, I guess. You know, but I would agree the difficulty of the bosses to this point are not. The hard part of this game. I would agree with that for sure. Right. They shortchange us a little on the slideshow afterwards. They only give us two cars instead of three. The first is the Polaroid of Mayo we've already seen. The text reads, you dare fight me, which is Cobra Commander and a half. The second is a close-up of his face. Fucker Dude. finally found, yeah, he finally found his light and is, is the worst actor ever. Fucking taking this long to find his light. And you can see his face beneath the hood. It's gross, very veiny and leathery, beady yellow iris eyes. And he says, I have you now. I will show you that I control the world. Sure, homeboy. After these messages, we'll be right back. Genesis. Absolutely Sega Genesis. It's gotta be Spider-Man. Sega Genesis. Definitely Strider. Go with Strider, Spider-Man. Just two hot names of the games, games, games. Sega Genesis systems and games sold separately. Available at these fine stores. Definitely Strider. I don't tell you what that was. You know what that was. (laughs) So we're going into round four. The Amazon. And the manual description is Swelter in the hot, humid jungles of the Amazon. Get ready to jump, hang, and swing, or perish. Look out for detonating toadstools and deadly tiger traps. When alluring Amazons approach, don't fall in love. Dodge their razor-sharp axes and killer boomerangs. Jump, duck, and slide. Do whatever it takes to get out alive. Man-eating piranhas thrive in the Amazon River. Swing across and stay dry, or you'll be fish food. Decimate the pterodons and triceratops, and never wait to climate... Climate... What the fuck? Climbinate the fiery Amazons. Climb the Brontosaurus herd to begin the final slash out with Lago, the ominous robot. Aim at his head and hack away. There's only two types of environments that video game developers would label the Amazon in 1990. There are Incan ruins or the standard dense rainforest environ. And these cats went Incan ruins here. And this stage has my favorite music track of the game, Valleys and Rivers. They're kicking this one off by channeling some more energy right out of the Sonic and R&D shit that uh, probably hadn't even started yet, but it feels like Green Zone, Hill Zone to the max here. 
And yeah, they get you cooking at Sonic the Hedgehog speed by having mushrooms sprouting in succession from left to right that explode a beat or two after sprouting behind you. So you have Once to haul, again, yep. hauling ass down the hill. <laughs> yep. So yeah, you haul ass down this hill, that bottoms out, and you start to head back up. The path beneath your feet starts falling away as you go again. Just even more Sonic-y. Oh and gosh. then you yeah, you move into a climbing area where you have to platform to and fro on vines that bend under your weight. And down below that is some piranha-infested waters, as they mentioned. During the climb, you have to deal with climbing surfaces, also infested with explosive fungi, as well as the badass Amazonian women that are not hard to avoid developing romantic feelings for when they're <laughs> whipping axes and boomerangs at you. And they have a, like a really muddled quasi-voice sample. They all incessantly repeat the entire time they're on screen or even off but nearby and it's pretty hilarious in small doses in large doses super annoying enough enough amazons yes once you work your way up to their treehouse, way at the top, which is what I would equate that top level of the climb as, you work right and then down a hill in an Indiana Jones-inspired sequence with huge stone balls rolling down behind you. And there, you, I guess you're right, even more hauling ass down hills, you're right. <laughs> but from there, you enter a horizontal sequence where you're encroached on from both sides by Amazonian riding armored Triceratops. And these Triceratops sprites look fucking great. Once you destroy their steeds, they attack on foot like all the previous ones you've encountered. And then the whole while you're in this part, you can see a massive quadrupedal dinosaur scrolling parallax in the background. And once you work your way up to the head area, you can see it is of the Brontosaurus variety, and you can jump onto its neck. And this looks fucking amazing. It's such a good-looking set piece. And you have to leap to a second after that, too, a second Brontosaurus. So technically, this game has Brontosaurus platforming, a video game first, (laughs) I reckon. Yes, Yes, I was like, what are we doing here? (laughs) Yes, so this gets us to our boss battle uh, against Lago, described in the manual as the ominous robot. And I guess he's ominous. He's a large golden dinobot that looks exactly like a flying dinosaur type, more raptor-ish, I would say, but floats, uh, but does float down from above and hover on a vertical flight pattern that does have a little bit of a horizontal movement leeway to it. He spits these fire rings that will transform into flying fire pterodactyls and has a huge claw arm that will jut out and down at a 45-degree angle from the place a Tyrannosaurus baby arm would be, you know. So I did a couple times feeling him out, and upon learning his head was his weak point, I kind of figured it would be best to just stay up on the leaf platform that leads you out into this boss arena. And it's one of those ones that does bend under your weight, so you can't just like run out to the end of it. You have to kind of like find the sweet spot that is maybe like 0.75 pixels wide where you can like stand that's close enough and it bends down where you don't fall off of it, but it bends down enough to actually hit his head, you know? So I was able to find that and and dispatch him quite easily. But, um, dude, quite easily before, before finding that he is super tough. I agree. Yes. It took me so long. I wrote, how many effing hits does this dino mat take? (laughs) It was at this point that I'm like, I, I had the headphones off, the sound turned up, and I'm like, <laughs> I make the same sound if I'm swinging against air as if I'm hitting this. I'm like, I. it wasn't until I re- I jumped up and I hit the dyno in a flash, and I was like, wait a minute. I wasn't even hitting him in the right spot all this time. Yeah. After that, yeah. he's done. <laughs> yeah, and like... So frustrating. I don't know if any other one has... 
the possibility of working that hard and finding out that you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this I, is the one that it was right. Like, oh my gosh. But clear. I almost, I almost want to say that that was like a choice. Like they used that against you here. You know what I mean? Mm. They, like that was a choice they've done throughout the game. It's not a, it's not really a system you need to deal with or worry about. And yep. in this case it is. And I, you know, you almost, I almost want being essentially the last boss before the final boss, theoretically, I kind of want, almost want to say maybe that's deliberate, but no way to know. If it was, screw you guys, you devs. <laughs> so, yeah. You take your domination to them, their dinosaurs, and their homeland as an opportunity to interrogate one of the Amazonian women in the slideshow. The first headshot looks more like an 80s pop music icon, Cindy Lauper, maybe. Right. Than, yeah, than an Amazon forest dwelling human being, but what have you. They came from the third mood with ancient monsters, is what she says. The second speaks very good English for an Amazonian uh, Aboriginal, I think. But what? Cool. The second headshot is Captain Beard, I believe, and I don't know what he's doing here, but he says the powers of the military and science are now in his hands. And the third is the old guy from the Shithead Council at the end of round one. So perhaps this is just like a flashback montage. I don't know, but right? it's this such one's a random. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> combination this one's, of discussion. Right, yeah, this one says nobody goes against the master. And they make up for the round three slideshow shortchanging by having a fourth here. And this one is going back to Mayo for some of his shit talking. He says, come, Hi Ryu, you are going to have to surrender to me. You better check your punk ass mayo. I'm about to drop a hammer on your little moon base. <laughs> so we then move on to that. Round five, the third moon. Jay, would you please do the honors of this final stage in Strider on the Sega Genesis? You've made it to the Grand Master's control station. Now go all out. Keep it keep to the right, carefully guarding your strength and extra lives. Once in the Supreme Tower. You'll need every advantage to survive the final cataclysmic battle. Jay, how much of a prick do you have to be to name the tower you hang out in on a regular basis the Supreme Tower? And you know he didn't just name it that. It's not like that's just his name for it. You know he's correcting subordinates that try to shorten it to just the tower. Like that dude with the gun that I got you in the beginning. He's like, okay, I'm coming up to the tower. He's like, no. What is it? Where are you coming? <laughs> the Supreme Tower. <laughs> fucking D-bag. Right, and he's also the Grand Master. You better get it. <laughs> right, yeah, this guy. You're adding an extra adjective no matter what, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So they kick this shit off, right off, with an Ed 209 bearing down on you the second the level fades in. So you better not be taking a drink of your Sharkleberry Finn Kool-Aid or anything to get your mind right before you roll in here. You got to be on your P's and Q's immediately, you know? Robocop time. Let's go. Yeah. That was a a thing that was, I don't, did they do that in in the Genesis Ghouls and Ghosts? I can't remember, but I know in Ghosts and Goblins, the NES one, very long ago, episode one, or the first game episode anyways, that Jab and I talked extensively about. There was a stage where like you start the stage and these bats are on you immediately. And it's like, what the fuck, man? What kind of a prick makes a stage like that, you know? <laughs> like, at least this is the last stage, I guess, if you're going to yeah. justify it at any point, I suppose, here. But uh, I'd be ready to like save state. It's like, oh, snap, I'm yeah. into it already. I've already yeah. gotten hit. Like, Right, exactly, right, exactly, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, as a kid, you know, like that, you know, you just beat a boss. You're like, you watching the slideshow. You're like, fucking cooling off a second, you know, and like this to have yeah. some drop some shit on you right away is really cr- fucking cruel. Yeah, <laughs> Sat the controller down to talk yeah. to the little brother. Like, did you see that? Like, yeah, 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 right, right. it's like, oh, yeah. gross shit. Especially like going into the last stage too. You know, you have the manual. You know, this is the last stage. You're definitely mm-hmm. pausing and like taking a walk for a second to fucking, <laughs> you know, get your fucking wits about you before you go into this. So. You then have to scale up a satellite array with one of the dishes looking exactly like the one in my childhood backyard. But Mayo, <laughs> is, you know, I'm thinking maybe you would bet Mayo is just trying to catch some just unscrambled enough to see an occasional nipple spice channel too. So I can see <laughs> I can see why he would need one of these satellite dishes. <laughs> you have flying shit everywhere as you jump from here to the next area. There's missiles, bots, who knows what all that shit is. Really sucks though. And... You can hear me ID them as much as my play vid, which of course is in the show notes. My boss battle vid is the whole fifth stage playthrough, two sessions, two. <laughs> There's like a fade. It's not often on a boss battle video. I pretty much just cut the ends off and like upload it. It's never a good sign when I have to edit them and include a dissolve transition <laughs> between two separate videos. That's not oh good. Gosh. And I definitely had one of those in this case. But you can hear me ID them as such. But those gun bots with the floating discs carrying them are the absolute shittiest flying annoyance in this game. I fucking hate these. And they're everywhere in this level. And they suck. They don't... I don't even... Yeah, like I don't I don't know if they take two hits. I'm not sure if they hit a certain part of a very small sprite, but they are just fucking way harder to kill than is sensible. You know what I mean? For oh, the bots? Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, the, the flying... Dude, I hate the, them so the, much. Yeah, they're yes. really... They always are coming from behind, too. They just... They yes. suck, 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 suck. Yeah, but I probably spent 10 minutes... So you, it's, yeah, it's in the video, so I, I don't need to give you the amount of time. It's the fucking 10 minutes of trial and error just to get through here without losing half or more of my life, and I think I just finally, again, lucked my way into a fucking doing so. I, getting, I don't know how you did it. It had to be that, because I'm like, I'm <laughs> getting hit. Like, yeah. what the... Very, very difficult. And then there, from that, you have a climb sequence. A oh dude gosh. with a massive gun. I don't think we've seen elsewhere in this game. It's just a one-off of these dudes. He's like kind of like the ringleader here, and he's like up on this platform above you. That's it's really hard to get up to that platform he's on to deal with them. So you're kind of what you're uh, more inclined to do is just pass beneath them and hope to outrun his bullets as they fucking pepper down behind you. And that's a cool action movie sequence, like scene, you know, the fucking Rambo running with the bullets fucking hitting the dirt behind him. That's what, that's kind of what the vibe that is, but it's not fucking fun to deal with in a video game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So they, and they have a lot of those, they're not green in this case, they're white, but you have a lot of those bendy leaf platforms from the Amazon stage. There's some tanks, there's more flying shit. It just all sucks. I mean, yeah, how many times would you say before you got into that anti-grav tunnel, like, to get through this? A few. It probably took me... It probably took... Well, i put it like this. It probably took me maybe four times or so to get through that part. But then the freaking platforming upside down right after that took me so long. Dude, that's what it... So when I got pissed off a minute, oh. watching a second ago, watching the fucking... The playthrough video here that I have going, that was, he went through that the first time. And I, I, yeah, what the, how the fuck, dude? Oh my God. Yeah, it's so fucked up. So you go in here and then you immediately go into inverted gravity and you're hanging from the ceiling, but it's really the floor. <laughs> and yeah, like your guy, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's fucking, it's a cool, good job. Yeah. It's just so jarring. It makes it so hard. Like the first time you see it, it's not the first time seeing it. Like you see it in, the, in that 
might have even been the third level, not the fourth. I don't remember. But you, you've already seen it, so you know how it works, kind of. But you don't have to plat like you have to platform with it here, and the gravity works in the jumping that way too. So you're you're yep. platforming across these holes in the ceiling is what you're doing, and ah oh god, it is so hard, man. It is so fucking hard. And there's shit in here. There's guys running down. There's fucking spikes jutting up out of the 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 floor but it's your ceiling because you're on the ceiling so it's just oh my god it's so fucking hard and then like the very end of it you have to make this jump over to yes and they teach with it thing to you sticking out with a drill yeah. sticking out and, and, yeah. and they teach it to you because in the beginning of this room you have to start on one of those and you have to ride it out so you know you can ride safely on it and you just have to avoid the very 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 tip yeah. of the point but even with that you have to yeah it's so fucking hard to land it's just, oh my God, dude, I so many times. I I definitely walked away from it. I had to take a break. This, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is. No, I got to the boss I, the first time I went through. I I did play to the boss rush, but yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I was pissed off and saying a lot of terrible shit for sure. If you like hearing that, if you like hearing that kind, if you like hearing that kind of stuff, <laughs> if you like hearing dickheads scream profanity at a fucking computer screen, definitely watch my play vid. There's a lot of that. <laughs> I concur. I, I felt like. I needed a couple runs just to get my bearings and like, okay, how do these controls work when I'm upside yeah. down? You know, because before you kind of just playing on the fly and, and making your moves right here, it was like, I got a platform, so I need to just make sure if I press up into the right, it goes up into the, you know, you got to figure yeah. that out. And then yeah. once I did, it still felt like slippery making, missing that jump. Oh yeah. Well, jumps. that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, so it's, yeah, well, there's, there's two things in here that we didn't, I didn't mention, uh, Poor job of podcasting. The so one yes those the things you're platforming across on the floor, which is actually the ceiling, are sloped to a degree where you slide down them, which is insane. But I guess yeah. gravi- I guess gravity's inverted, so sure. But so there's that complicating aspect, and there's shit coming out of what would be pits in the and you yeah you can fly up like into a one death pit. Yep. As if it's a pit down, you know, like, yeah. it's crazy. It inverts the entire way video games work, which is, you know, they usually don't go that far, I guess, is, is kind of the point with, with this kind of thing. It's not the, This is not an unprecedented, unprecedented game mechanic, but the links they go to employ it are maximum, you know. And then also, you can hang from the ceiling that's actually the floor. the floor. Right. Yeah. So you're walking on your hands on the floor upside down is really what it is, is what it looks like anyways. And there's those spikes. So you're, it's just, it's so fucking crazy, dude. It's, it's, it's mind bending. <laughs> once you, once you figure it out though, or once I figured it out, I'll speak for myself. I never figured it out. It was, it was easy for me to just, I'll just avoid what is now the floor. You know, I'm just on top. I'm upside down. I can ride the, the one across kind of make a slide make that big jump slide again you know you could figure it out the pattern oh, man, and you never, really only had to you really only had to reattach to at the end never yeah. occurred to me to slide yeah it, it took a while once i got once i got it's one of those things where like yeah once i went through it like 15 times and i was like okay now i can do it i, I can do it repeatedly but before that it just death after death after death trying to figure out like the timing and what is the the most efficient way to get through here without having to fight a bunch of baddies and that was kind of the way I, I fucking hate it. Good it's, times. It's, yeah, it's a wild and fun idea, yeah. but being the player in that idea is horrible. <laughs> Not yeah. ideal. Yeah, Not ideal. fucking awful. 
We then go into a mini boss rush sequence where Capcom was trying to make you feel like all those Mega Man boss rushes you thought were soul soul crushing were actually just child's play. And they start with the secret device in a huge chamber boss from the airship level and then go into the bouncing lasers in a dome machine that was above the console dragon in stage one. Then the jetpack prick from the end of stage two. Then the gorilla from the beginning of stage two. And there are things to all of these that complicate them. The coolest example of this is, yes, as you mentioned earlier, the Tyrannosaurus flanking you from behind over and over in the gorilla battle. And <laughs> it's, 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 you know, that's, that's, I think that's on the box cover. It's an awesome image. Like, basically, you're stuck in between King Kong and, and fucking Godzilla is what it's exactly what they're going yeah. for there. And it's fucking it's an awesome looking image. I hated it. I had a really hard time with that gorilla bottle. A battle I can't believe that was easier for you than the first one. That blows my mind. <laughs> like, I went in there, and at first you're like, all right, let me kill the dino. And now I move on. And then, like, it just keeps coming back. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah you, but, it, it, yeah, you can kill it. It only takes, like, maybe four or five hits yeah, it's not uh, to kill it. It blows up. But, yeah, then it returns. So, you know, basically every – it's basically on – it returns on every hit loop for the gorilla because you're trying to jump those – that the hit activity and hit him in the head. So – yeah, it's just it. It just all you have to do is pay attention, and you could probably do it without getting fucking hammered. But it's still not easy. Definitely not an easy yeah. thing. So yeah, it took me a lot to beat that dude, and then he dies, and they throw Lago, the main boss in the last level, at you a second time. And oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> this I this is where I flipped out and quit. And oh my I, gosh. I I took I flipped out. I quit. I took a full week off before trying again. I. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I and coming back to like I going into it, like I mean, you know, I posted on the socials, and all you motherfuckers let me know, and no one gave me any tips. I was fucking bummed out. A bunch of people liked the fucking post, uh, but no <laughs> one gave me any tips. You fucking pricks! I can't believe no one gave me any tips. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I I come back and I'm like, I I know I need information. There's no way I know I'm going to go in there. I'm not going to be this game if I just go into it again and just bang my head against the wall. I need information. There's something I there's there's because yeah, there's you kind of. I mean, I didn't even realize that I could get in front of him for uh, the first two times I think I played him. Right? I'm like, I you keep have... dying behind him. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fucking, the, the, like a bolt of lightning comes in after you beat the gorilla, and that's where Lago appears. But it will keep, yeah. it, it doesn't appear, it doesn't turn into Lago until it's above your head. So if you keep running left, you can get to the edge of the screen before it'll come in, and then you gotta go right, and then you're mm-hmm. behind it, and you're fucked. You can't do anything from behind it because you gotta hit the front of its head. So that's a fucked up dead end if you if you don't know better and of course you don't so awful <laughs> but yeah so yeah, i mean yeah the, the the end of my first play video ends with me stuck behind him and he just keeps jumping and i'm inching towards what is a pit on the right side and like he gets he gets close to me and i'm just like i just have to jump, jump like i thought to my, yeah I, I thought to myself i was like maybe i can stick to the wall and that's the way to do mm. this, you know? So I tried that, but all I did was jump to my Die. doom. So, yeah, I was like, and like, that happened, and I was just like, I, you can say, it. yeah, it's so, <laughs> I, just, I just love how well it reads on my dumb face in the fucking <laughs> video. I'm just like, I'm so disgusted and like, just like, oh my God, like, fuck you, fuck you. No, fuck this game. I hate this game. Fuck this game. Go fuck yourself. No way. Turn it off. You know? <laughs> and like, transition to a week later uh, so yeah so i looked I, I went on and i watched the play video i was like i need i'm i'm just i'm not trying to figure this out this is i'm not gonna have fun unless i just have some idea how to approach this so yeah there's nothing you know it's, the thing is with the first one you have the thing to stand on so you don't have that here so 
I figure that knowledge out, head back in, and it's really just, you know, the way to do it is just you got to hop his claw and get a couple hits in, then back off during the fire breath attack, and then you rinse and repeat. Sounds super easy, but there's this, and I am so curious to hear whether this was happening to you. In my emulation, there's slowdown during this battle. Did you have slowdown during this yes. battle? What the fuck, dude? How can you... I guess it could be both just our emulations and not on OG hardware. I doubt it. <laughs> but it's a major fucking problem timing jumping this claw with slowdown. So, oh my god, dude. I started this second play just immediately pissed off because I have, like, okay, I know how to do it. And I can't do it because the thing's fucking up. I was so fucking irritated. That was so discouraging. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. dude. No oh. So, I, yeah, I, you know, I get to the point where I was just hit him. I was just uh, dude, the most incremental of safe scumming. Just get a hit in. Get back really? to yeah. Get back to a wow. safe spot underneath that fire. Safe state again. Try it again. So I would do this, and as it goes with doing something like this, safe state myself into a corner. I oh. and and, and the, here's the, here's another shit thing about RetroArch. Changing the safe slots is a oh yes, you, it sucks. It sucks. So I wasn't using them, which was dumb. I should have just done that. Yeah, do the work because you can obviously it's way worse. To get to the end of the game and then fuck yourself somehow <laughs> than it is to do that little bit extra work. But I didn't, like a moron, just like in Subnautica. It's amazing how you can get yourself, despite you can have all those things yeah. in your life. That cumulative accumulation, <laughs> cumulative redundant, redundant, redundant redundancy of just terrible things happening to you and you just don't learn. It's amazing how stupid human beings are. But I saved myself at a point where I had 14 seconds left on my timer. And... That's really only two attack opportunities left. That's his his movement and attack cycle is about a seven second deal. So I did a number of attempts after having this save state. Even I would even actually eventually save state down to seven seconds. Like I got a good first one in, so I was like, okay, that was good. Let's, let's save that. I either I'm either there or I'm not. There's no difference. Like that was. I, there's no way to better optimize that one cycle. So I might as well save. So I did. I saved with seven seconds left. And I only had this one attack opportunity left, and I failed a bunch of times. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fucked. And, like, dude, that's – I might have had – I probably had a life or two left. I don't I don't remember. But either way, like, I had save state at the start of this battle with only one life anyway. So, again, I'm trying to keep that fucking – Robot, you know, like a, I don't know, like fucking really stuck on that. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I failed a bunch of times. And then on one of them, I jump. So like, if you have any hope of survival, you do not jump after that arm juts out. Cause he's going to do that fire thing. So you don't want to be anywhere near his face. So if you have any hope of surviving or intent of, or, or belief that he's going to be there, Two seconds from now, still, you don't do this. But I was saved something into a corner, so I just did it anyways. And I got a, I got a good hit in on the normal cycle and then jumped again as his fire was about to come out of his mouth. And that, that hit killed him, dude. And, nice. dude, it was unreal, man. Fucking unreal. You can see it in the video. I'm just like, oh, my God. 
Like that's as cl- <laughs> that's as, that's as close as you can get. It's just it's it's just it, it is this the most fringe you can get on video game failure. It was so fucking yeah, high drama. <laughs> Two seconds left on the timer. Two seconds left on the timer nice. when he fucking died. So fucking good. So. Yeah, the hair on my chinny chin chin, but survive in advance, like the NFL playoffs, Jay. The did you? So uh, I mean, what was what was your path with this fucker like? How did you? Did you just? I tried a bunch of different stuff, man. Like trying to squat down below, trying to slide. Like at first, kind of like you, before I would like try to slide underneath him to get back in front, and I just tried a different, a bunch of different things. I ended up kind of just rushing him the minute like he spawned and I was in front of him, just jumping in front of him, and just spamming and then just trying to slide and dash away, jumping back and just working in the right amount of hits. You know, I, I don't know that it was very scientific after trying so many different approaches, yeah. you know, it was funny. I mean, when I watched the play, the, that play video, I was like, <laughs> I was kind of shocked with how casually you could just move away from the fire things and just stand there and they don't fly far enough down to hit you. If you just stand, there. I noticed that, but yeah. they're right in the wrong place where you don't want them to be, but it's like, all right, as long as I, Get them to like spawn here, then I have some yeah. space to get behind them. And well, they—I don't think they. Well, I guess maybe yeah. I don't. If know the dragon that. goes backwards, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say I don't think they can ever fly lower, low enough to hit you if you're just standing there. Uh, but maybe it is because I'm always just walking away there, and maybe they can. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, fuck battle a lot. Almost, almost made me quit the game. <laughs> the so that happens, he dies, and then the you get another one of those electrical bolt things. And the segmented council dragon from stage one appears along with the Grandmaster music. dragon moves over ahead of you to screen left and then circles back at you to the right and you have to jump on its back and ride it and during that ride through a black void you get mayo explaining his plan to you again a la cobra commander shit via text on screen and he says i shall raise the city up to the sky and rid the earth of all creatures i will create a race to fill the new earth and that doesn't sound Hitler at all, dude. Cool plan. The, <laughs> the, then the serpent enters and ascent sequence and an ascent sequence where it's doubling back. The other way requires you to hop from standing near its rear to hanging then climbing back up to standing as its head passes above you. And yeah, definitely dying. Very hard to figure out at first. And with those platforms, you can't even be hanged because it'll like scrape you off as it passes yep. them, you know? So at the very top of this sequence, it heads. its head becomes susceptible to attack. Uh, you can't, at least I'm pretty sure you couldn't attack it during the ascent. And it goes into this loop pattern where you, you use that last incline platform. You have to, like, as you're riding it and the back of it is just starting almost to the point where you would just fall off of it, you have to jump down onto this platform and then wait a beat or two for its head to get close enough to the platform that you can jump over its head and not take damage from its head, get behind it again, whack it a couple times, and then just do that loop in succession. I mean, once you have that, it's not that hard, but finding that as the solution took me 
a few tries and definitely some like fuck kind of shit but very cool even you know it, it was it's an awesome 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 sequence the but between the boss shit talking to the black void the climb it to the top and then not being able to attack it until you get up there and then having that little loop once you do it was it was a i think a very very cool approach to what is going to be our final boss battle arena that was a good job so very very cool and that platform you were using to defeat the serpent ends up being the leftmost part of the Mayo Battle Arena, and you can progress onto it, into it, whatever, after you after the, the serpent explodes. And how to describe this structure, Jay? How would you I mean it's I would call it I mean I would call it three grappling hooks stacked on top of each other with a platform at the very top and the claws on them they look like his big red nails, you know, so it's like a Grappling hook with the stem pointed down, and then kind of the umbrella part facing up, and it's three of those kind of like in sequence, I think, and they are different size, like the hooks are different sizes, you know. So it's yeah. it's a it's very cool. I guess it's supposed to just kind of be like an antenna spire or something, but it's a it's a very cool and interesting structure, I think. And um, it looks yeah, like a connected bone claw tower to me yeah. you know that's what it looks like like i was if i was unsure this was the final boss fight at first i was like what am i on who and then i was like Wait oh yeah man, this is definitely the dude they, they get they give you a pause moment for sure where you're like you don't know. yeah when i first came in i was like i didn't yeah the, he doesn't fly right in immediately so yeah. i just i was like i ran up to the other edge on the far right side and i was like what i just got this is a leap of faith fuck and i just jumped i just jumped off <laughs> So like yeah, so yeah, it, it, it takes a second for the shit to get going. Yeah. But so yeah, so once shit does get going, it's well, it's supposed to be the easiest way to describe it is this thing flies up into space off this moon that you're on. But what you see to convey that is a bunch of purple clouds go rushing by from top of the screen to bottom, and then the Earth becomes visible as you'd see it from space, like in the distance, you know? And yes, I'm interpreting that as you just shooting off the third moon into outer space for the battle. But the a really interesting thing about that is that suggests that there's an atmosphere on this third moon base. Clouds would only be on an atmosphere. So that's... Josh, You wouldn't, ex- you remember, wouldn't expect that. The master has control of... <laughs> everything that's military true. and science so <laughs> science the way so to make it work that's so true first thing is like, we gotta get some atmosphere here uh, i want i want to be able to have those soothing nights of rain titter-tattering on my rooftop <laughs> so yeah gotta gotta get an atmosphere worked in here so once it flies up into space then mayo floats down and it's the exact sprite that's in the opening sequence of the game his mm. red and black cape hands outstretched outstretched towards our pov and he's incessantly spitting out a lightning attack from his hands and it can of course hit you and do damage but even if you avoid it it will burst into a spread shot of various animals you've encountered in the game the first being the piranha sprites from the amazon level and then also wolves when he inevitably kills you he floats up to the top of the screen and again yeah he just kind of he's just fucking frantically flying around doing that shit i guess is kind of his attack pattern i wouldn't say there's any like like his movement is not any continuously repetitious thing it's it's rather random and it's not a discernible pattern right yeah responsive to whatever you're doing because you do and and the reason for that is a, a smart one in that you know your range of free movement here on this is it's you have a, this is a big room, you know, or a big space to deal with this on. And like, you know, you, you are doing it. It does a great job of like using 
all your it feels like the place that an acrobatic battle should be happening there's like you have you know you're hanging there's three levels of this thing where you're hanging from this fucking thing flipping up it's got at the edges of the second one i think it has the walls that you can kind of climb up and 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 hang on to and attack from you know it does a good job of giving you a space that you can use all the shit and whatever battle mechanics you've developed that you find to be your favorites or most dependable or whatever, you can probably employ them here in one way or another and, 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 and deal with this boss however you want to, you know, as opposed to this really standardized, this is how you do it kind of thing, you know. So I thought that was cool and, and, and a really good design of this this whole arena, in addition to awesome visual visuals like I already explained. So... It's fun too. He'll inevitably you're going to die here, of course, a few times figuring him out. So when he when he kills you, he floats up to the top of the screen, up above that beautiful view of the Earth, and he does some laughing or something to gloat before it cuts to the next life or game over. And that's a nice touch. You always want some really good shit talking out of the boss, and they do a good job of put, actually putting it into the the battle arena even when you die. So as opposed to like a cut screen after the fact or something. So that's cool. Tell me how you tackle him, and then I'll get into my bullshit. Yeah, at first I wasn't sure, again, like, what's the best way to tackle this guy? Like, what's he, what's he really doing? And he, of course, as you said, killed me a couple times, maybe like three times. And a couple times, you know, I was just trying to figure out the arena. Like, what can I do? Like, do I climb up and swing? Like, is there an ideal spot to, like, hit him? Because he's kind of flying vertically and way shut. Um, but after, like, the third death or so, I I had noticed... Like, cause I was just kind of climbing up, like I said, trying to figure out where to go and what else was available. I noticed to the far left, up until the left, there was a canister. So I was like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to go for that next time. See what's there. So the next time I go up there, grab that and it's the extended sword. So as soon as I had that, I, I pieced him up like right then and there, like from a distance and it was game over. Really? Immediately. I was like, is that the end of the game? I think that's the end of the game. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> wow. I, you know, I, yeah, yeah I mean, my, see, I got probably, probably a dozen or so times just feeling them out. And then, yes, in doing that, I realized that they're the two pickups there. So there's that pickup on the left. So you're telling me you never even saw the pickup on the right? I went to the right, but I, I don't remember what it was. And it's not memorable to me what it was. Because uh. I went to the right first and whatever it was happened. And I was like, well, let me see if there's anything on the left. And that's kind of how I ended up over there. It's HP replenishment, so it, it fills your life bar back up. So at this point, uh, I guess that's it's worth, why I went to the left. Yeah, I guess it's worth noting that at some point here in the fifth level, I just I got killed, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not." I fucked that robot, so yeah. I gave that up. So I was to going into this battle, I was three okay. HP only, so just not, like me, okay. not five, and I had no <laughs> I had no robot. So that HP replenishment was key for my success here. Uh, I guess maybe if you don't get hit, whatever, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, the whole system I developed basically was, yes, go get that sword platform immediately. It's the things, the battle starts, go just beeline to that sword, plat, that sword, get the sword, hit him a few times as I'm moving, like immediately start moving right, but trying to battle him as I do so. So like mm-hmm. this moving, shifting of, of our confrontation slowly or not slowly but uh, incrementally enough right so I'm only ta- I'm taking two damage by the time I get over to the right and I'm just picking that HP up 
after I've taken two damage, not not before and obviously not after, because right. that's death. So you know, so like I'm trying to like just kind of like work them with me over there and do damage while I do it, get the replenishment, and then just hammer the fuck out of them, kamikaze them, hoping I take them down before I die. You know, so I'm that that was the whole plan, and I, and I definitely never developed anything better than it. So. Somewhere between another 10 and 20 cracks at it with that mindset, I would eventually tag him. And, I, dude, I am pretty sure that I lost my last HP bar just after I dealt him his final blow. So when I went shooting up into the air for the cut stage bonus tally thing, I had no life left. And, yes, you want to say, you you like, oh, did I beat him? I was like, is it over? Do I gotta yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, know, and I not only thought I beat him. But that I had died doing it, and that I w- I wasn't gonna have beat the game, you know. Oh, so I, I I had like this, you know, that as much inner turmoil as you can have in a moment playing a retro video game. Just like, did I do it and get fucked? Oh my god, because that's ha- I can't remember what game. You it never was. know; it's hit or yeah. miss depending on the game. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely happened to me in a game, and I can't remember what the fuck it was now offhand. But that I remember that happening very specifically in some one of our fucking game episodes for the final boss battle, and I just could not fucking believe it. So yeah, that happened here again. So much relief, though, when it actually cut to the stage clear screen, and and that you know wasn't the case. So, yeah, man, very very epic. Felt like the ultimate gratification. You know, you're gonna hear me say that when we talk fucking King Lark's blessing. Like it was hard. It looks great. It was epic. Fucking awesome. And so yeah, so it it does the stage clear thing. Like you go up to the top to the same place that he goes and gloats from after he kills you. So that's kind of just a cool um, balance, I guess. You know, book indie thing. So you go up there, you get the stage clear screen, 30,000 bonus points, whatever the fuck it is, who cares? And then it's onward to a dope-ass endgame cinematic sequence scored with the ending track from the OST. You had that as our first music break, so I won't bother to drop it here. But it starts with the tried-and-true over-the-shoulder shot of the hero watching the whole base begin to implode in the distance, as you have behind you right now. And I forgot to put behind me when we went in. Oh, no. That's maybe the next one. I think I was supposed to do it here. doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyways, there is, yes, this red, purple, and deep blue sky behind it. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous pixel art. The spire you fought Mayo on topples down first. You know, it's in the very center, uh, like right clipping the horizon in the thing, which doesn't make a lot of sense now that I say that because supposedly that flew up into space. So does that mean the whole the whole base flew up? I guess that's possible. Maybe that's what it meant, yeah. Yeah. Um, but why? If it's why? Maybe it was fly? connected to what's connected to what we were seeing now on the ground destroying you know what i mean like there had to be like a base part of it and that's who knows i don't know i'm spitballing (laughs) (laughs) trying to make it work here yeah right (laughs) so yeah so that first topples down just like right straight into the ground and then explosions start all over the place and i (laughs) how would you how would you explain hyru starts this weird crab walk slash strafe run and heads off screen right do you remember exactly what i'm talking about like basically he starts moving right and it's you know it's like he like picks up speed so it implies that he's running he starts running and, but he never turns his body. So it's always his back to us with his hair blowing in that image. And we never, he never turns. So, you know, it's just, they it's, didn't. They it's essentially like, boom. it's essentially like he's, he's watching the evil empire, like explode. And it's like, he's satisfied. And all of a sudden it's like explosion, explosion. He's like, maybe I should oh, get the oh, fuck oh, for, out of here. For sure. Yeah, no, that's absolutely <laughs> what you're. You're supposed to, yeah, no, that reads fine. <laughs> to me, it's just so weird that his body doesn't turn for the run. Like, why is know? he going sideways? It's yeah. just turning to the side and taking right. off. Yeah. It's because that would have been a whole new set of pixels that they couldn't <laughs> fucking, they either didn't want to or could not get in here. So, 
Yeah, ran out of ran out of the, and this is the end of the eight bits, eight megabits here. They were at <laughs> they were at seven point nine 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 megabits, and they're like, he's not gonna turn. <laughs> so then we fade to white before he swoops in on his glider and flies through space towards Earth with fiery debris flying by him. And once he clears the debris field, he begins a back and forth motion in front of the passing stars that totally gave me celebratory dancing vibes. He's just like feeling himself, you know. <laughs> now and, I can chill. I'm out of yep, danger. Yeah. You know? And then each of the enemy sprites you encounter in the game, like almost, maybe not all of them, but a, a very good number of them, grunts, mini bosses, bosses, Mayo even fades in and out as he passes them in space, you know? A la and Mega the, Man 3, or yeah. Mario 3, love it. Okay. And then, you know what's funny? You say that? I don't think I have any idea what the, the credit sequence in Mario 3 is because I've never beat yeah, that game. Yeah, you've never beat it. Slacker. Yeah. <laughs> similar to this where you see like all the enemies kind of in the background you're like oh there they yeah. are you know yeah i don't I, like I don't it. think i've seen that before that's that's funny so yeah the credits are rolling beneath that scene and once he hits earth he swoops down and disappears over the horizon on the planet before the sun comes peeking out in that same place and then the end appears below it and the music keeps on playing <laughs> the Hi Ryu song bringing us into the verdict time let's go Strider part do <laughs> it's not party I think this is actually this is the, this is the close this is a faithful arcade port so Fair enough. being that the arcade was the first installment one might have to one not one might have to I think one would have to say that the NES version is the one that's a little further on some tangent or something you know so yes which we will get to for yeah. sure but not, not, neither one of them are do, part due. They're completely separate entities in different universes, I think, in reality. But, Anyways, uh, I was very, very upset with the last level. There are many things about it that are unreasonable and even poorly designed, I would say. the you know We talked about the damage feedback things are just it's so bad and, and when those things rear its head. And, you know, it's no doubt like, there's deliberate, deliberate holdovers from the arcade game designed to annihilate your quarter reserves like they didn't like that that stuff's still in here you know and that is one of the things that you want to kind of see and shift coming out of a arcade thing to a home port you know like an acknowledgement of that change but it, it was not something that happened back then in all cases so tough to really criticize that i think and then you know the inertia expectations with the jumping i fucking were very frustrating for me at times so, you know, I know you didn't have that to bitch about, but I certainly did. But, you know, those in the grand scheme of it are minor fucking complaints, really. It controlled great otherwise. And this game, yeah, it looks, it sounds, it plays incredibly. The boss battles are on a whole new fucking level. And when not put in an unreasonable succession as an endgame rush, the are the best I've ever dusted up with. So, you know, that it, I just completely blown away with how good those are and yeah the design of them there's variance in the mechanics the way you tackle them it's all just fucking elite boss design the mayo battle despite you know all the well done heat before it still presides above all of them in superiority it's his sprite the battle arena the way it expects you to use all of your mobility you know it's fucking 
incredible, incredible design there too. And the story efforts, the slideshows, the hilarious copywriting, the in-game sequence, it's all you could ask for from a 1990 video game, man. You know, it's, it's, uh, even though I had to walk away from it, it was the kind of walk away from that. Mm. Once you're all done and you can get the other side of that emotional spectrum, once you've had, once you've experienced it, you just have to look back and go, okay. Big ups. Good job. You know, <laughs> like I was pissed. Uh, there's things that pissed me off, but nothing anywhere near notable enough to take away or cancel out the incredible things that it did, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I see why the game is so heralded. I agree with the praise. And King Lorik respectfully nods and knights the Strider. You are blessed. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So. Did I have fun? At times, yes. But only at times. At other, th- at other times, I just felt like it was hard. But then, you know, I, I, I take it back to that rental standard. Like, if I had it for three days and I could just play it for hours, like if I had it over the weekend, I also feel like it's the type of the game that I would get, I would learn and get used to and be able to kind of, like, master so to speak you know what I mean? probably probably wouldn't beat it before mom takes it back but you would yeah get, you never know you never know yeah. but like this is yeah some of these some of the levels definitely later oh my gosh dude oh my gosh yeah. without a game genie come on <laughs> uh, but like the any i i was fascinated playing this and I, I kept thinking about the nes version but the nes version is way more metroidvania way more like back like back and forth looking for discs let me go back to kazakhstan and go back here oh i didn't even mention you that know? there's so, not a single so mainframe or disket in this entire fucking game dude yeah. never mind so, you know what king lark retracts his blessing I fucking <laughs> never mind points points are deducted for like <laughs> but like outside of the so when thinking about that, it's almost like they're, I mean, not almost, clearly they're two completely different games. You play them completely different ways. And I appreciate that this is much more of a straightforward game, more arcade style. The controls are much better. Um, would I recommend it to someone else or play it again for fun via remastered version? I would. Like, I do want to check out and see what the, like, the remastered Xbox version looks like and kind of, you know, see what they've added. But I think I played this... I would give this a stunning blessing if I had more time. I think just the last couple of weeks, like even though I beat the game and all that, like if I could have taken the time to kind of like you said, explore the pickups a little more. And, but for me, it was kind of just like, all right, button mashing, let's go. Like, let me get it, you know, platform. And I, I'm good at platforming and, and good at that. And so I was able to kind of get through it and figure it out. But I feel like there was a lot of, fun I left on the table, you know what I mean? Hurting through it. So even with that, I would say, and hearing your feedback and hearing all the things that I still like about it, even like the going down the slopes that they kind of keep giving you over and over, like now it's time to rush your ass out of there kind of thing and stay alive. Um, and even the swinging, which is far more reliable than anything we'd looked at on the NES. So like I recognize again, that there's things I didn't do things that I, I, I clearly could have like mastered and, been great at even watching some of these playthroughs so i as well think i have to give it a blessing and the nes version forget that doesn't even count man what are we even doing (laughs) it's it's almost like looking at an atari version of a game and be like here we'll port this over for you and like Mm -hmm. not even remotely true like i can understand now why egm would give this game of the year at the time with what you're doing you're like oh this is like a true arcade game versus like the nes version is like what are we doing yeah 
It's a whole new ball game. I concur. Yeah. Well, Jay, then I, you know, I think it's important that we take a moment and acknowledge how, yet again, here we go. We, I, I steered you into <laughs> a positive when you, when all signs in your mind poured, pointed you emotionally in the opposite direction. So let's just yes. let's just not forget that down the road when we have our game debate discussions. <laughs> And we will start down that road of game debate discussions with the next issue, the next magazine we'll be covering, and that is Sega Visions number two. And I have little doubt that because we are entirely confined to Sega, oh, uh, Sega. Genesis at the time, I don't, I, they might still be some Master System stuff in there, but either way, there'll be plenty of Genesis Fire, I have little doubt. So I know there'll be something in there that is very fun to talk about that you probably will be unfamiliar with and I may have to steer you towards, but we shall see. <laughs> so that's next up. You can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided with our dumbest company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the podcast on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter. The website is NYEH Entertainment uh, forward slash ISOH pod. Email us directly at ISOH podcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram. You could link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlists. In the show notes, there's the ISOH subreddit if you want to get down with us on Reddit. We don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. T-shirts are on the website. They are dope, and proceeds on those after pot expenses. Go to Able Gamers. Yes, we're both rocking them now. Jay, tell us about your socials. Gentlemen, JB, without the second E. It's pretty much where you can find me on all the platforms. And I actually looked up and double confirmed that there is no Instagram account that is MPO box double zero three one. So perhaps very soon we will be able to convince uh, Jab to sign up for Instagram, and he may have oh. socials. Can can you just imagine how how epically uh, oh just re- reality shifting that will be if we can actually make that happen? I just I want so badly. <laughs> we have, to have a separate segment where we talk about like social media interactions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So my Twitter is at Josh Fullen. My Instagram is my shift key is broke, and my Oculus handle is my shift key is broke. And I guess if you want to, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to request me on the Xbox platform just to see my thing pop up and say that I'm playing Subnautica, because that's the only thing you're going to get me uh, doing on that. <laughs> uh, you can. I'm t- two minutes hot. I think on there. I think so. Yes, that's where I'm at. Come fucking hang out and let's play Demio or some shit or walk about mini golf when that shit drops on the 26th uh, in Atlantis. Okay, bye. Bye.